Instagram. Yes, I do. You've been, you've been doing pretty well with art. Yeah, yeah, I'm which is well. amazing. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, no, I'm. I mean, I'm surprised. I guess I don't know if it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I feel like I wasn't expecting. Like I didn't know what direction I was going to go after school. Well, so. let's start from yeah. first of all who you are, how we know each other. Yeah, and then I just want to hear about your life with art and yeah. where it started, some middle ground spots, and then where you are now, sure. which has been, it seems like a really wonderful journey you've been on. Yes. Yeah. It's been pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to go ahead and say that you're an amazing artist. Thank you. Your your attention to detail is very good. I mean, that's why when I was trying to think of that painting of Bo, mm-hmm. who to ask, because at the time I knew a lot of artists, I instantly thought of you oh, because I saw you. your ability already and that was... It was five a long or six time. years ago. That was like yeah, five years ago, and I was not doing anything similar to what I'm doing now. So yeah, right. yeah. Wow. So you grew up in Chicago. Let's mm-hmm. tell everyone who you are. Yeah, I'm Julia Hagen. I grew up in the northern suburbs suburbs of Chicago in Northfield. So Northfield's like a weird spot because it's like it's a really small town, but mm-hmm. it's like outside of Chicago, so it has like that small town vibe but it's, like, near a big city. So um, grew up with, like, you know, in a small community, um, was kind of, like, always – there's only 50 kids in my class, like, growing oh, wow. up. And so I was always, like, the artist of the group kind of. So if, like, from a young age, it was like, oh, Julia's the, the artist or whatever because there was, like, you know, nobody else was doing that. Mm-hmm. So it kind of was, like, an established thing, like, from when I was young growing up there. Anybody in your family Um, You know, my grandma, like, dabbles. Um, My dad, I would say, like, nobody, like, legit, you know, just sort of, like, they have, like, a creative streak. Like, my mom has always been very crafty, but... Something really. that if they honed in and worked yeah. on that, they probably would have developed more. I think so. I think my dad's like an excellent writer. Like he, okay. so just like a different medium. And I would even say my brother's creative in his own way. I think everybody has some creativity in them. I just think we all grew up, you know, my, my dad grew up in very much like a, like blue collar home. And it was kind of like, you got to like work and like do, you know, mainstream jobs. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a banker. My mom's a banker. So, I mean, they were very encouraging of the creativity, but were a little hesitant on how that was going to translate to a career. So mm-hmm. um, I would say, like, I never in my wildest dreams thought I was going to actually be an artist when I grew up. I was like, I like art. That'll be my hobby. But I have to, I have to do, like, a real big girl job, like, when I'm older. So I actually started out in um, med school. Or not med school. No, I didn't skip. Uh, undergrad. I was pre-med at Boston College. And I, I went there and I immediately knew. I was like, this is not – this is not for me. I don't. I didn't know this. <laughs> no. You went to Boston. Yeah, yeah. To do pre med. Yeah, I was. Wow. I was pre med. Yeah, that's I, so fascinating. Because I was like <laughs> always like good in school. Like I, you know, like I think my my dad and my mom were just very much like work hard, get good grades. Like you know, go to a good college, get a good job, and um, so I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And I, you know, got good grades, and I got into Boston College, which was a pretty hard school to get into at the time. I think it still is, but. Um, I was like, oh, okay, I have to go there because it's like, you know, the top, the best school you get into, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to go there. And then I was like, what's the hardest thing I can pick to do? <laughs> or like, what's the most like, oh, that, that'll that be a good job. I was like, oh, I'll I'll do pre-med, I guess. Do you and, know what kind of doctor you wanted to be? No, no, 
don't even think I wanted to be a doctor. There How was did you nothing. get this in your head if you didn't want know. to be a doctor? It's such a – I don't know. That's a, It's a radical decision. Like yeah. doctor – Lawyer, anything that's six, seven, eight, ten years of college. Yeah, I don't know how people wing that. You know. Yeah, so I that's the thing. I think I was so. I think I knew deep down that I wanted to do art, but that really scared me. So I was like, "What can I do that's like a very clear route? Like this is going to be a very clear route." And then it just seemed like kind of safe in a funny way at the time. I just think I went to college like really scared and not knowing what I wanted to do, and mm-hmm. so picking something that had such like a you know, pre-scripted path felt like a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I immediately regretted it and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. And I was like in the library all night long and it just like, it was like, like you said, something like that, they're going to dedicate 10 years of your life to, you have to be pretty like, you know, committed and like, this is what you want to do. And yeah. I very quickly realized like, uh, no, I'd rather channel this towards something I actually Were you painting at the time? Um, No, not really. I mean, I didn't have any time to. So I was really, just to be blunt, like depressed and just like, I don't like any of this. I'm spending all these hours doing things I didn't like doing. And I just was like, I'm going to pivot. And I was like, I'm going to take a break from school. So I did a leave of absence. And I was like, I think I want to do art. I don't know what that's going to look like. My parents were like, okay, I guess just come home. And then I toured SAIC and I was like, this looks cool. I'll go here. And that's how I ended the up. The opposite at- of med school <laughs> yeah, is the, the Art opposite. Institute of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So I did a complete 180. Everyone thought I was insane. I thought I was insane. And I was like, I guess I'm here now, you that's know. so wild. Yeah. What year did you start college? Uh, 2014. 14. Yeah. Okay. So you started 14. Mm-hmm. I think I met you in 20. Was it 16? Yeah, I think 2016, maybe, or late It's when I was at TA mm-hmm. at the Art Institute. So, yeah, now we can get to how I yeah, met that, you. Yeah, here we are. The I was a graduate story. student there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a, a teacher's assistant for, I think, was it Cinematic Sound or was it Sound and Image? I, I think I took both, and I think you were my TA twice. I was. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I enjoyed those classes because it, it was – I got to, like, take them. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to, like, help out a little bit here and there, but I really – is like I, I got to take free classes and get paid. I thought it was funny because I think I didn't realize you were the TA for a little while because, like, you were very much – like, a lot of the TAs, I feel like, are, like, checked out, but you were, like, engaged I was. and stuff. So I was like, oh, he must be a student, <laughs> not the TA. <laughs> I, I like to learn, and I've always been really fascinated with sound for film. Yeah. Very much into that. I've been wanting to do that kind of work for a bit. Mm-hmm. So – I thought, like, I can either take – because graduate students can take those classes. And I was like, I can either take it or I can, like, take it, get paid to be a TA and and still take it, still pay attention and ask questions, show up. And that was so much fun doing that. And obviously being a TA, you learn a little bit more by engaging with students and the professor. They give you some extra work to do. But it was nice to take, like, these classes slash get paid to take classes. So you take – what department did you go into? And I was undecided. undecided. I, think, I think I had in high in high school. I had, I had done mostly painting. They didn't offer like sound or sculpture or things like that. I went to like a private, um, like Jesuit high school. So like art was like the smallest department. It was like not really like paid attention to. So I just did painting, and I was like, okay, this is I like doing this. And so I just applied with like the paintings I had done in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very much like, I don't know what I want to do. Like I'm gonna try everything. So that's kind of how I ended up in sound. I was like, I'm gonna try 
a bunch of stuff and just see what I like. Yeah, because yeah. you, you took other sound courses? I did, yeah. I took, I, I think I'm actually, like, I don't know. I took so many different classes. I didn't really have a strong focus. Uh, sound was, like, a pretty large chunk of, like, the courses I took, Yeah, actually. I re- remember yeah. you being into it. I was confused because I saw you painted, but mm-hmm. I was like, do you paint? Yeah. Are you in the sound? I was very confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were just trying to figure it out. Yeah. That yeah. school's kind of cool for it because it's very interdisciplinary yeah. and you can take whatever and it, it still counts towards your degree. You don't have yeah. to be in one spot, which is fun. Yeah, it is fun. And I think it's a good, you know, it, I go back and forth on it. I'm like, okay, I really, if I could do it all over again, wish I could have been more focused. But at the same time, I think I would have burnt out from painting. Mm-hmm. Like, because the painting department was very intense at at SAIC. Like, mm-hmm. they had that's their biggest one. That's their biggest one. And I think honestly, it, it was sort of like a blessing in disguise that I was like, I'm gonna just try a bunch of different things because when I left school, I was like, oh, I kind of fell back in love with painting again mm-hmm. um, and I think if I had just done painting in school I don't think I think it would have yeah. overdone it for you I think so that yeah. makes sense that makes sense Yeah. for those listening we're talking about the Art Institute of Chicago Yeah. I, we I say just, SIC so fast I know. it could be confusing to people <laughs> it does sound. it was until I went there when people would say it growing up Yeah. I didn't know what they were talking about but. yeah and then a lot of people now will be like AIC and I'm like or Arctic or whatever I'm like what are you talking about there's so many different yeah, yeah. the school of the Art Institute of Chicago. It's, it's the school a, associated with the museum. It's just a mouthful. Yeah. And it is a very uh, – well, I'd like to hear your thoughts. So I grew up also in a very working-class, blue-collar family. Mm-hmm. You said you did too. Yeah, my parents, like, kind of made it. Like, you know, they, like, were – my parents were both bankers, but they came from like. So they came from that. Yeah. But did they go to school for financing or banking? Yeah, they. Okay, did. so they kind of yeah. hopped ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it, it was more like their roots, but not as much your. Roots, not as much my roots, but, but just okay. like, but that was like their mentality it was like, you gotta, do, if you want to be successful, this is the way you gotta Got do it because we were successful when we did it this way. Okay, yeah. so they had a little bit of both. Yeah. feet in each pond of, of yeah. like a white collar, blue collar. Yeah. Mine was just you know, blue collar. My parents didn't go to school. They didn't mm-hmm. have those jobs. So going to the Art Institute, I think you know where I'm going with this, was yeah. a shock to my <laughs> system. Yes. <laughs> when it comes to, to be honest, just money. Yeah. Like holy money. Yes. That school. Yes. And the student body mm-hmm. was very wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I worked so much and people were just go travel for the summer and I'm like yeah. working and they're like, what'd you do this summer? I was like, I worked like every day and they're like, oh, I went to Europe. I'm like, what? What's going what on? Do you, how do you, what do you, how do you get anything done? Just like doing whatever you want. It was weird to me, but how did it, uh, how did you feel about it? You know, I think I was a little more accustomed to that because of growing up in the North shore, even mm. though like that's not how my parents really operated because of just like, they're very like money conscious and like they, we Bankers. never did, like, yeah, like, we, I mean, we would do, we would do occasionally, like, a nice vacation here or two, but, like, you know, it wasn't, like, the neighbors yeah. who were jetting off to, like, their private island or something, like, like What insane. neighborhood did you, or what city? Uh, Northfield work? is the, the where I grew up. It's, like, kind of near Kenilworths, which is, like, the really, like, bougie. Okay. How far is that from, like, Highland Park or Lake Forest? Close. I mean, it's kind of. They're fur- those are further north, but okay. I was, like, around that. Like, but Northfield was weird because there were a lot of, like, you know, it was a little bit more mixed in terms of, like, okay. middle class. But, like, around us, like, one of our friends in school, like, literally had a house on a private island. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I've spent a lot of time in Lake Forest. 
Yeah. As of recently, and that place blows my mind. It's it's insane. I've never yeah. seen so many nice cars in my life. No, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely like <laughs> it's this. It's a weird. It's a weird thing to grow up around. And then I think in art school, it what was weirdly even weirder about it was like it almost felt like an elevated version of it because let's be honest, like art is expensive. You know, yeah. it's a luxury. Like yeah. what I do is a luxury item. Like most people don't buy. Like you know, a lot of people don't buy original art, mm-hmm. and so. You know, there are, it was like this weird thing of like nobody talked about money in terms of like selling art and trying to make a living as an artist. Mm-hmm. It was almost just like not talked about. I felt like an, at SA, at SAIC. Yeah, it was just hush hush. You it, just didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, but it was just like this like art in the purest form. Yeah. And then there was, but there was no acknowledgement of like how you're gonna actually make a living doing this. It was never talked. About. And then everybody just like had money, and I was like, okay, well, how do you get the money? Because I don't have the money, yeah. like you know, yet. So like, that's very true. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Even in the graduate programs, mm-hmm. money was never talked, never talked about. No one ever taught you how to build a portfolio and a CV to pitch it to try to get jobs, and mm-hmm. they just it was just about art and yeah. expression, which is great because it helps yeah. you to focus on that. But it's it's a luxury, as you said. It's yeah. a very, it's very much a thing that not everyone's, you know, capable of having. And I knew that really well coming from where I came from, but I was confused. It was very torn between worlds. I'd be at the art institute all day, meeting world-renowned artists and all these amazing artists, and walking around the museum between classes mm-hmm. for free because you're a student there, being around priceless art, millions yeah. of dollars worth of art. And then I'd go home to like where I lived. This old house, you know, I had to fix this, fix that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't relate to what I just learned and how to talk about it with, like, my roommates. We were yeah. of that same world. So I felt yeah. very torn between, like, the working class blue collar and then this, this like, elite, very elevated, elevated, elite. elegant, elite, wealthy world of fine art. Fine, yeah. fine art. Fine, fine art, the yeah. Heart, the f- most fine art of the world. Yeah. And it was... I kind of, when I left school, was, like, really grossed out by it, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, like, I also had so much like imposter syndrome after leaving there of like well I can't get into like those high end galleries yet cuz yeah. like I'm just I just have a BFA like I'm that's another thing they make they kind of gaslight you into thinking that like if you don't have an MFA you're not good enough to yeah, it's like they yeah, do. cuz they want you to come back and yeah. spend more money another 120 the, grand exactly <laughs> so I was like oh my god I have to go back because I'm still I'm not good enough yet so like I already felt like I'm not good enough um, I, you know, it's kind of like if I can't be in the high end gallery, I might as well just not paint at all was kind of like how I felt almost, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And then everyone kept telling me around me was like, well, why don't you just do like art festivals? And I was like, no, that's too lowbrow. <laughs> like, no, I can't do that's that. like being in a cover band if you're a musician. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. I could never do. No, no. I was like, that's me. I'm so embarrassing. Like I wouldn't want anyone to know like that I went to art school with that. I, I did an art festival. And then at, at a certain point I was like. That is like I started to hear myself. I'm like that is the most egotistical thing ever. Like uh-huh. that is so ridiculous. Like you have to start somewhere. And so I just really like had to do lots of like unlearning of some of the bullshit that I learned yeah. <laughs> at SAIC that I felt like kept me back from like trying to, you know, get my name out there in like kind of scrappy ways. And you're what, 22, 23 when you finish? At the finish? time, yeah, yeah, exactly, 22. You're 26, 27 26, now? 26, no. okay. yeah, yeah. I'm 32. Okay, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, wow, it's so nice to hear you say this. I've very few people on this planet I can talk to about this Yes, stuff. I know. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be on camera on a mic, but yep. it's very true. I couldn't agree more. It, ha- it had 
I again, I loved the school. I had the facilities mm-hmm. were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The the as a graduate student, the private studios. It was endless. I had a studio on top of a studio, then go to that studio, and it's just for me right. or my sound team. And the sound team was like six people. Yeah. So essentially, it's for you. And it was amazing. And the people that would come guest speak and the events were top notch. Mm-hmm. The location, top notch. Free access to this world renowned museum, top notch. Yeah. But that doesn't make, doesn't cover up the fact that you can feel a little odd, alienated. Yeah. Again, the money thing, it's almost expected everyone just has it, I guess. If yeah. you can go there, they assume you have it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> there didn't seem like there was a lot of urgency, like, of how. For, that I, I don't know, actually, I take it back. Some of my, like, immediate friends, like, we would talk about, like, okay, well, how am I going to make this work, like, after school? Like, but in the classroom, like, there was never, like, an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of, like, how are we going to... Did you ever have you know, any professors who were kind of not like that and they are a little bit more... Yeah, I had a couple, but they never were in the painting department. They were okay. always in, like, the. I felt like some of the sound... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of... I feel like I'm forgetting professors' names right now, but they were in more so in like the sound and like film space. I felt like there were a couple of yeah. those guys. I would say guys because I feel like there were mostly male professors right. in that department. Um, Chris Sullivan, did you ever have him? Or I, him? I, I never, I never had him, but yes, I've met him. He's yeah. one of my favorite people I've ever had. Yeah, and he's been on this podcast too. He, we've him and I have talked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. I won't say too much because we talked about it privately, but. He's talked about how it's hard too, like even being a professor, you don't – if you're not of that world, it's hard mm-hmm. to sometimes fit in even if you are a tenured professor and the director of the video, film, and animation department. And you yeah. still like can butt heads with that type of world, that mentality of fine art and yeah. what people think of stuff. It, it was difficult. It was definitely not the easiest situation to be in when you don't yeah. come from it at all. Yeah. But I certainly learned a lot from it. And now when I do find myself in those situations with those people, I can understand. I can relate. I could at least hold my own right. conversation. That's kind know? of how I – so it's actually really funny. Even before coming here, I was like, okay, we're going to have to have like a really deep conversation about like the meaning of all my paintings or whatever. Because like <laughs> I'm just so used to like in art school having to defend everything that I did yeah. there at art school. You yes. know, it felt like everything defending. was like defending your work. Everything was like, you know – why did you do this? And a lot of the time, like after school, I kind of just let myself have fun and be like, I just wanted to paint this. And Mm -hmm. that was, I felt like a luxury I didn't get Mm -hmm. in art school because it felt like that was never a good enough reason to make something. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you can't put into words why something came to you and why you did it. I didn't pick to be a writer. I picked being a painter because I, I, the words aren't there, you know, like if I, could write about it i probably would but i decided to pay, make images of it so yeah yeah and so you get out of the art institute and you're 22 and then what happens um i like kind of freaked out i was like what am i gonna do <laughs> <laughs> i, I kind of had like an existential crisis or two where i you know it was also kind of funny just like from a timing standpoint because i graduated earlier than other people Mm. so I graduated a semester early so I still had friends like still in school finishing up and I had this like weird semester that was like I was done with school but I was like okay like trying to figure it out kind of on my own and I was doing a lot of odd jobs like mostly babysitting and like nannying and stuff um like house sitting and then 
painting on my own. You were own. doing that in school. I, I remember you were doing yeah, that. Yeah, I was always babysitting right. and stuff. And then um, I also met at the time my now fiance, and he was uh, also very much figuring out. He was kind of at a weird, like, impasse in his life. So we both were just very much like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it kind of was like a weird, like, we both, we look back at that time and we're like, I don't what happened you know like (laughs) I will try to figure out our lives and um I pretty much at a certain there were many points where I had like almost given up the dream I was like forget it like I'm gonna go back to school to do something completely different this isn't working like I had so many days where I was like this is way too hard um but I'm really grateful because Kirk who's my fiance he was like no you have to keep trying like do an art festival and like he would talk me off of the ledge of me being like, oh, I can't do an art festival. That's not, you know, sophisticated enough. He's like, just do it. You really were thinking that? Yeah, I really was like, I can't do those. They're like too, they're they're not like good enough or whatever. It was so dumb. That's so interesting because so many amazing artists I know, know. even who I had at DZ Fest, I mean, I'd have 40 artists sell artwork. I know. And then, but at SAIC, like in the painting department, like people would make fun of that. Really? Yeah. Like that was like- so arrogant. It's so arrogant. Big head. I never. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Yeah. I. I mean. Yeah. I could imagine it. I just mm-hmm. wasn't in those places. Yeah. But I could imagine it. I mean, it's the way a lot of people feel about. Again, like I'm very much of the music world. So, mm-hmm. uh, musicians. When they think of musicians, they think of people who make their own music. So, if you're a cover artist person, mm-hmm. people kind of like look down. Down at on that. you. Yeah. And it's like, what if you do both and you're doing one to make yeah. money? Because I have a lot of experience with this now, and I'll tell you what. The money's actually in the cover art bands. Yes, yes. Bars will book you and pay you five hundred dollars to play. Yeah. But you can play your own music at you know Shuba's or the Sleeping Village or Empty Bottle, and you'll get paid maybe nothing. Yeah. And ten people come. Right. But you go to these cover band bars, which I've worked a lot with bands, and there's you know three hundred people. Yep. You get drinks for free. They give you your five hundred bucks. Everyone's play- people are actually watching you play. They love it. So yeah, maybe it's not as. Uh, creatively right. rewarding. Right. But you can still do that stuff. This is just a great way to pay the bills. Exactly. And be playing music. Be relevant on your instrument, you know. Yeah. Keep your craft going. So, like, if you do an art show, it can help keep your craft going where exactly. you can have enough money from it to pay for your supplies because canvas and paints are not cheap. Yep. To do that stuff where you can actually sell your, your high high art, fine right. art. Right, you know? exactly. It could be a great way to do both to help your career. Oh, it's a great thing, and I highly recommend, like, also similar to what you were saying about cover bands, with art festivals, it's like, you know, it it's not a – you have to pay to be there. So there is a, a cost in that from that standpoint, right. and you do have to have, like, the tent. So there is a bit of a cost, like, hurdle. What do they normally cost? Um, it really varies, but, like, the most I've paid was, like, 700 to be there. Oh, my God, there. really? Yep. How many people would be selling art? Um, Like, over 100 people probably there. Yeah, but, I mean, Wait, so it was, like, a massive. That's, like, $70,000. I know, yeah. So when I'm doing it for free and building mm-hmm. the tents for artists, mm-hmm. I'm doing the Lord's work. Huh. You are doing the Lord's work, yeah. But the the little the least the least I've spent was um was like two hundred. So so you should definitely be charging maybe like a hundred bucks or something like I, that. I just did it for free. I was like, just, you're so kind. I used to build the tables for and provide everything, but then I was like, okay, they could bring their own table. You're too kind, and I'll provide the lights and the tent. They provide literally nothing. That's why they that's, provide nothing wow. at all. Well, I'm glad though because it, it got artists. To, to be able to sell that normally don't get anything and, or amazing. can't afford to get into there because 
say it's an expensive one that's 700 yeah plus your tent that they're usually between 100 and 200 bucks for like a 10 by 10 pop-up right mm-hmm. that's what you would yeah. have and then your folding table which could be another 100 yeah i might be helping artists who don't have much money save a thousand dollars oh absolutely you know? that's really nice which of you. i could sleep a lot better at night yeah you should i know what it's like to be a struggling artist so yeah and it was like this is my space and yard it's here anyway i might as well utilize it yeah you yeah. know it's no skin off my back to like let people come here for free and it enriches the festival because now when Intendi goes there, there are 40 different art artists selling artwork that looks right. so much better than if I charged 100 bucks and I only got 10. Right. I'd rather have it just be completely open, open. to that. But tell me more about these art shows because that's a lot of money. I had no idea. Yeah. So this is the thing. They're like, you know, they promote the show, but obviously you rely on them to like promote the show and get people there. So that is something that's a big benefit is like, you know, they – get people to come and they're sort of like that guaranteed audience. Um, and, but the thing is though, is that a lot of these festivals, like there's a, it's hard to get into there. Like there's a barrier to entry. Maybe there's artists who have been doing these same festivals for years and years. And for some reason, a lot of these festivals are very like loyal to, I mean, I appreciate them being loyal to some of these artists, but they don't always like let new people in because they're even if they're like great and experienced which i find it can be a little bit boring or stale it's like okay like you come back year after year and you see the same artists every single year and so i don't know so it's it's like a love hate i have with art festivals because some of them are really awesome and really well done and clearly have like the artists in mind others are definitely more of like a money making thing money. Yeah. yeah for them and uh so yeah i i am kind of no longer doing art festivals for now just because the overhead is kind of high. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to ask, are they worth it financially? Like, it, do you? It really depends. If you have a, ra- a really rainy weekend, you know, it can suck and you're like out $700, $300, whatever. Um, or it can be amazing and you sell like every painting on your wall. And you, I've had those too. You've done so really well at some of them. I've done really well at some of them and been like, oh my God, I don't have anything else to put up. This is amazing. And then I've had others where I've sold not a thing. So it just is a total crapshoot from that standpoint. And it's also just like physically exhausting, like, because we have to set up the tent and the tent is actually like not just one of those pop-up tents. It's like, because I have to hang the things on the wall. So it has like walls and stuff like there's a it's like a very mm-hmm. like heavy duty tent right and you're supposed to, you're supposed to leave it overnight with all your art in it that's scary which is really scary <laughs> so it has to be like withstand like wind and stuff yeah so anyway it's the festivals are like a whole a whole thing but i started doing them after school and that was sort of like where I started though making money as an artist, which mm-hmm. is like super validating, right? It's like, oh, people want to buy my art. Like I'm doing something right. It also was a great way, you know, for better or worse to get people's immediate feedback on your work. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that's good. Sometimes that's bad. But it was a good <laughs> – Don't so you just love feedback? shocked what some people just will say to you. Like, give me, an, you, show, give me I, the one best time, example. I mean, one time I was like, oh, my my granddaughter could draw that. You know, like someone <laughs> said that to me once. And I was like, oh. Like, I mean, at the time I was doing a little bit more abstract work. But I was like, my God. <laughs> you have no That's no harsh. Filter. That's very harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's that's the hard thing about being an artist. You have to be pretty vulnerable. Yeah. Put, put yourself out there. Put what you spent hours on out there. It's, yeah. It's what I've realized with working with bands, how much of a responsibility I feel um, capturing it for them if I'm yeah. doing some sound work, engineering work for them. 
I'm trying my best to capture their hopes and dreams right. and then translate it and like put it out there. So it's a it's a unique sense of responsibility. Yeah. When you do the fest, it's like some of these bands never got to play in front of 500, 1,000 people. And so I feel responsible for like giving them the best performance they can do as far as the mixing or the gear. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. But then it's funny when I, anything I do for my own personal art, like I don't care at all. I think yeah. I get so much of that um, – that stress that mm-hmm. you're de- describing from when I'm responsible for doing other people's work that when I do my own, I don't care at all. Like what happens Interesting. if I make one penny or a million dollars, if someone cares, if someone said my daughter could do that or whatever, Yeah. I'm just like, it means it, because it means everything to me, it means nothing. There's no right. value to it. I'm not trying to live off of it. It's completely, um, an elective thing. That's really nice. Which it's nice, but it's, um, that's why I like it. I don't, I always want to play music, but I never want to like do it for money for or money. get a record deal. Be- I know what that music industry is like to try to get deals and tour the world. It's miserable. Yeah. It's so hard. It's really hard. <laughs> and I had, this is sort of, you know, you're touching on something that I, and a lot of like painters, visual artists, I think struggle with is this like, you know, doing it for the money or doing it for, you know, the passion of it. And sometimes those things intersect and it's amazing. Other times, you know, it doesn't and you do kind of have to like grin and bear it and like take the commission even if it's like, that's not quite what I want to be doing right now. And there's a little bit of that compromise and, you know, it's not always glamorous, but I always have to remind myself like every job has its things and like the part of your job that is stressful you know, that just, that's just kind of the part of my job that's stressful, yeah. you know? And yeah. and I think majority of the time, if you can find a way, I think that the beginning, it's going to be a lot of that compromise. It's probably going to be a lot of whether you're doing an art festival because you're, you know, like, I don't know, I'm going to give this a try. It may or may not work. At work. There's just so much you have to just like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And that was the best thing I did was I just said yes to like everything. And at first I was really scared, but I just kept saying yes. And as much as I could physically do, but I was also, I was nannying at the time. And then I got like another like real job, like a nine to five for what a little bit. It was, it was the worst. <laughs> Aren't they all though? <laughs> no, this was especially bad. I mean, I can tell you more off mic, honestly, but okay. this was... <laughs> It was so bad, but it was I was a recruiter. Okay. Yeah. It was horrible. Enough said that doesn't sound <laughs> it was fun. Horrible. I just was like basically I wanted at the time I was I was just painting and I really wanted to rent my own apartment and I basically needed like a job job to like be able to put on the lease. Yeah. So I took the job and then I was like, I don't this will be a short term thing or whatever. And then the pandemic happened. And mm. yeah, anyway, but uh I was kind of just floating, like, in terms of making money with art. It was not like I was really making money off of my art until I started doing it full-time because I didn't have the time or the energy to be making, like, a ton of art after work. But I knew that, like, I kind of had to take a leap of faith. And when I quit my day job, I was like, all right, yeah, no, I'm not. Like, I I wouldn't necessarily recommend anyone. This is not good business advice. But I was like, I know I'm not making any, like – real money at art right now but if I focus my time and energy on this I think I can make it happen yeah so I had like a little bit of savings I had you know kind of given myself a cushion there and then I was like all right I have six months and I have to make this work and if I don't make it work in six months then I have to figure something out so and I what age are you when this happened? this was I was uh this was two years 24 24 I was 24 and I was like all right I have to make this work um 
I mean, I'm making it sound like a lot more dire than it was. I was like, I'd, you know, my Kirk, I was living with him. He was like, all right, I can help out if like you need an extra month or two to like, get, you know, get it going. Um, but I was like, all right, I really have to give my all to this and mm-hmm. figure it out. And I really leverage like social media and stuff to get my art seen by people. So. And when in leverage, can you elaborate? What do you mean by that? Yeah, I felt like I was, okay, you know, <laughs> the algorithm is an absolute beast and there's no way of like knowing what's going to like work and what's not. But I think, and also it, you don't want to be a slave to it and just doing things that are trending. But I think it's important sometimes to pay attention to like what's getting seen or like, is there a trending sound? Is there whatever, what can you use to make your art that's already amazing, you know, just seen by more people, you know, not selling out, not doing anything different, but trying to figure out like, is there a way that I can make this just seen by more people? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, you know, trying to do as much as I could to get Mm -hmm. people to see my work. So. I, I need to probably take a note or two from you. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't tell you how many times for the like last dec- decade that people have said, why doesn't you, your YouTube channel have more subscribers? Why doesn't your Instagram have more followers? You do so much stuff. You have, mm-hmm. you're, you're known by more people mm-hmm. in reality than your actual internet presence shows, which is very rare. It's usually right. the opposite for everybody. Right, yeah. But not for me. Yeah. <laughs> and... Honestly, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I just post stuff and I walk away. I don't know. Like, yeah. I couldn't tell you why. I mean, there's a couple of things. I don't do a lot of what, I'm like an old man. I just don't do a lot of what like people do that come up with social media. They know it. They just like, I don't know. I can't explain it, but it seems like they're onto something more than people who are a little bit older who just like kind of missed that education right in 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 pop culture and and the the sociology of it i think you have to become a consumer of it yeah you do which is unfortunate and i think that's sort of like the maybe your issue i'm not trying to no i think you're right but it might be your issue is that i like you know i had to i was probably i mean not necessarily in a healthy way comparing myself a lot to other artists being like what are they doing what are they doing and i was always looking and seeing and um, to a certain extent, it became toxic, but in another way, it was very helpful. <laughs> toxic like, how? Toxic just because I was like, oh, like maybe I should like change what I'm doing to look more like what they're doing because mm. they're getting a lot of views. And it was starting to infiltrate my practice, which oh. rather than just using maybe like, oh, the format of their video. And this was more so early on, um, not currently. How many, how much time a day, like, would you spend thinking about it? A lot. I yeah. mean, so it really was toxic in embarrass- many ways, not just affecting your actual craft, yeah. but your health. Probably, yeah. Like, an, probably an embarrassing amount. I don't really know, but it was sort of like I just kind of knew, especially because of COVID, I couldn't do a lot of these in person shows. So it really felt like everything was kind of riding on like getting my yeah. art seen. I don't think it's an embarrassing amount. I think yeah. it's an honest amount because I think. Yeah. I'm guilty of it. A lot of people are. I think about it. I don't know why I can't crack the code, but I certainly think about it. I'm like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I have so much content. I do all these things. Why is it – how is it not more known? Like it doesn't make any sense that yeah. more people have been to my home and know about what I do than the internet. Like that right. is weird. That is weird, yeah. And it's true, and I don't know what to I do. I think that that says a lot, says a lot more though. Yeah. I, I really – I genuinely do. I mean I – I will tell you, like, I spent so much time thinking about it and, like, scheming of ways to, like, oh, this video will be the one. This one will be the one. This one will do it, this piece of art. And then it was the minute I literally gave up. I was like, 
Excuse me. I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. You but I was like, fuck this. I was like, literally, like, I hate this. I can't do it anymore. And I just was like reposting old things. I was like, I don't have the energy to make new content. I'm really burnt out right now. I'll just repost old things. I'll remix them. I'll do whatever. Taking like kind of like the highlights of what I'd done and just putting those mm-hmm. out there. And then those started taking off. And How I many st- followers were you at when this was going on? So this is like beginning this, of the pandemic? No. So this was actually 2021. Okay. I had like a solid year of just like not a lot of growth on my social media. Mm-hmm. And so I became really frustrated because I was like, oh, my God, I'm putting so much energy into this. I'm thinking a lot about it. And like I was getting work. Like I was making a living. But it was it was a grind. And I finally was like, okay, honestly, I'm just going to start making whatever I want. And I am going to start, you know, posting as much as possible, but not caring if it's repetitive, not caring if it's, you know, not exactly what the algorithm wants. Yeah. And just was posting a lot. Were you ever obsessed with like the way it looked when all the posts were together? Um, I stopped at that at that time. I stopped kind of, <laughs> but I did just. The the biggest thing I can suggest is the reels, like cover photos, like just having some photos That's that so you just, true. just have them it's, all. It's so funny that you say yeah. that. <laughs> the most interactions or views I ever got mm-hmm. was about a month ago. I posted a video of some footage from this past Easy Fest, but it just so happened to be the footage that we had of when Red Bull showed up. Mm-hmm. So the image that it was, I was just getting used to reels. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with them. Right. So I'm looking through it. I'm like, oh, I should select a cover for it. I didn't know what to put. I was like, oh, maybe I should put like the Red Bull can like mm-hmm. in my driveway, like the cooler. Yeah. So I did that and I post it. And I look at my phone like an hour later and it's 13,000 views in one wow. hour. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And I was like, really? Out of everything I've ever posted, it was just another video. It was the same thing of DZ Fest something. 13,000 views in one hour and like 300 likes in one hour. I was like, what? the heck like this yeah. has never happened and i think it was just that yeah because it's a re- it's famous it's red bull red and it was bull, the yeah. cover and like that's all it was yeah and i'm like this is it almost seems unfair it's always the dumbest it videos. almost seems unfair to it, like people who work hard at stuff it's like just because they didn't figure out the right thing they don't get the reckon it's exactly. weird it's really weird and that's why i'm like you just it's just it's quantity you know over quality on, for, on social media yeah it, it is, is. On, on social media, which is like nowhere else in real life, it is quantity over quality a lot of the time, unfortunately. And so I kind of started to realize that. And I was like, all right, I'll just like screw it. I'll post it. I'll use that audio. I'll do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I started out, I had like 2,000 followers. This is in like, you know, last like this this time last year, I had like 2,000 wow. followers. Which is pretty normal for um... – you know, at the time, twenty-five-year-old yeah. artist who's been doing it for a couple of years yeah. in, in the city. That's a lot of people I see that are active are between the like one thousand, five thousand range. Right, a lot. A lot so of them. that's pretty normal. Pretty normal. And then I just had this one video that got a lot of views. It was it was a cityscape. And then I think I just used some like trending audio that was sort of like funny. I don't really even remember. And it got like. I think a million views. Oh my god! And then I got. Why? Do you know why? No, I don't know why. (laughs) I literally couldn't tell you. A million on on Instagram. On Instagram, this is not. That's not even the crazy. So when I go thirteen thousand, you go, nice Ben. I got. I got a million. (laughs) No, it was no, it was absolutely, absolutely insane. Just an anomaly. An anomaly, and then I. So then I had like overnight almost. I had like ten thousand 
followers. And I was like, okay, this is insane. That's insane. And I was, this is also, I was literally like taking a break from painting and I was, I was like, this is bizarre. And then started the new year. I was around like 15 K then. And then it just kept kind of like snowballing and I was like, Oh, I'll post more. And then I had this one video or it was like two videos simultaneously that kind of like went crazy in Do you know May. why or what you did? I, I don't know other than it was like the dumbest thing. It was me just like turning around a painting. Like That's it? it yeah. And it got 10 million views. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like Wait, that I've noticed that a reveal thing yeah. gets a lot. I don't know why, because it keeps people looking for a little bit longer. I guess because they want to see what the reveal is. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. It's like super dumb. I don't know. I sound like an old man. I'm like, what is this? I mean, well, I felt the same way, and when I tell you, ten million, and so like my. Like that one of the video, the one of the video got a million likes, and so like my phone was like a going million ins- likes. <laughs> yeah, Your was, phone was glitching. I, yeah, it was, I was like, did what you is get a happening? lot of? Did you get messages? I did a lot of creepy guys. Oh but. <laughs> no! We, okay, we got to talk about that because that's a huge problem, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what were they? What were some of the things they were saying or asking? Or I well, the most of it was just like just weird like I love you I'm like what the fuck like you know just weird like weird stuff like not even anything like overtly like sexual or anything just like I'm obsessed with you and your art and I was like what the hell so I actually was like really freaked out at Mm -hmm. first I was like I've never had this many people and I was physically in the video it was like you know because I was showing it and I was very uncomfortable with the fact that like people were commenting about like me you I was like millions and I was like I'm I'm showing the art I'm just in the video you know because like someone had to turn it and it'd be weird if I made (laughs) Kirk do it you know because he's not the artist so I was definitely very like I had a lot if I'm being totally honest uh like conflicted feelings of like like you know, I'm a young woman and I understand men on the internet. And I was like, are people just following me because like they're weird men on the internet or do they actually like the art? And I started to get really, and like I wasn't wearing anything like provocative. No, or anything I've looked like at you because you're just like a I'm person. Like, just like this yeah. right now. And so I was like, what, you know, so I started to have a lot of um, like, you know, just being really critical of myself suddenly of like, oh my God, all these people are seeing me. And like, I never thought about that because in most of my videos, like you don't even see my face because I'm just painting and Mm -hmm. it's my back. Back, hands. And and whatever. So there was a little bit of a weird mind thing that happened around that time for me. Wow. It must be. I'm sure a lot of women experience this. Yeah. Because like, have you looked, when you were trying to figure out the algorithm and figured out where you're mm-hmm. doing a lot of research about Instagram and Facebook and like the times the post, none of that stuff. So I've looked into that stuff. Yeah. Out of oh, like, I used to. Yeah. yeah. When do you post this? When should you do that? Like why? Like what are busy times? And a lot of it just out of curiosity. I'm fascinated by these big tech companies and how yeah. they work and how they. It feels so random it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But a big thing I've noticed with, with um, art and music and women, it. And I've talked about this a lot, especially with other female guests who are of the art world. Mm-hmm. It's a very controversial place. Yes. Because it's – if you go one way – and I'm not saying I follow you this, but if you go one way saying like they're only getting the views and stuff because of them being women and their yeah. bodies, then that starts a whole other bag of worms. Yes. And if yeah. you're saying like, oh, it's because they're really good, it's not their bodies, like, well, then you're lying because it's not – 
how society's ever worked. Right. I'm a, I'm fully ever. aware of like I'm somewhere in this weird middle gray yeah. area where I'm fully aware that there is probably I'm a conventionally attractive young white woman and like I'll just say that and I think the internet likes that and yeah. I I that's it's fucked up like I don't agree with it. I'm very aware of the privilege of that though and I'm not saying I agree with it but I I I, yeah, so like I, to say, but I do think a lot of it is the I do think a lot of it is the art. Like I do think mm-hmm. that there is mostly it's the art. Um, but I think that there's just this. I don't know. I've definitely had like conflicted feelings about if I'm being like totally yeah. candid. Where I'm like, is there some? Am I doing something wrong? But it's like I, this. This is who I am. You know, like I can't yeah, really. At the end of the day, you're just being yourself. You're not yeah. like flashing skin or. You know, yeah. permis- permis- permiscuous clothes. You're just being yourself. Right, right. Which, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of hard to think about. I don't have to worry about that. Right. And it's kind of funny, like, it's it's so funny. It, throughout history, men, and specifically white men, westernized white men, have had a leg up on getting a job, going mm-hmm. to school, not being treated poorly by random people or the police or neighbors, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything about society, it's been a little bit more in the favor of white men. Yeah. The only time that's not been true mm-hmm. is the internet. Is the internet, Instagram yeah. favors women. It does, yeah. Anything that shows an image favors women. It does. Hollywood, it favored women. Yeah. The music industry, when it shows an image, favor it's but like not but in the best way. But, not, but it's right? like it, yeah, it's in a weird way because not it's, a healthy way. Not a healthy way because it's like a it's 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 at our expense a lot of the time. Exactly. I'm I, I yeah. It's, it's at not our in expense. a good way that yeah. it's favoring you. Mm-hmm. It is favoring you, but not in the best way. And I think I've realized that like all right, well if. If it's gonna be that way, I might as well take advantage of it, mm-hmm. and I'm and rather than be like embarrassed of it, and that's what I've kind of come around to, or be like, mm-hmm. oh, like I shouldn't, you know, I don't deserve this somehow, or, or or whatever. I'm like, no, like if it's gonna help people see my art and me mm-hmm. get what do what I love for a living, then mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. It is and what if it people is. who are gonna follow me for that reason. They'll fall away eventually because, like, they're not going to get, you know, yeah. they're not going to get a response from me, you know. Yeah. And so, like, it it it'll all kind of work itself out in the end. And there is still a humongous, massive, like, pay gap in from women in the art world. Mm-hmm. So even though, yeah, maybe we're getting more eyes on the internet right now. You look at the numbers, and there's, I think, I saw an article the other day that was, you can fact check me, but like, <laughs> I think it's a nine billion dollar pay gap. From like in auction, like paintings. Oh wow! From men to women. Wow. Okay. So like, it is not like, oh yeah, because women are getting more views on the internet, like we're getting paid more. It's just views. If anything, it's just views. I mean, you can. I have started to get huh. paid from views, which is really nice, but yeah. it's not enough to pay the bills. And if someone's gonna be like, oh well, you know. It's also, I think there's a bit of a double standard too, where you can be taken less seriously. You're like, oh, you're just an internet artist, or you're yeah, just you're so internet influencer girl, or influencer. And Have so you gotten that yet? I've started to get that a little bit, and that is really annoying to me. I mean, I think at a certain point, I probably will work with brands to like leverage, you know, whether it's related to painting, because. Hey. I mean, as long as you're doing your work, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that. No, no. It's funny because my friends and, you know, some other friends will joke around saying, like, 
that I'm an influencer. I was like, I don't have enough followers to be an influencer. Yeah. At all. I mean, <laughs> I, I I mean, it's weird because like I guess I do have a lot of followers right now, but I don't even consider myself. I'm like, I don't know who I'm influencing. <laughs> like, I don't right, because an influencer, yeah. it, you almost have to like be promoting these positive or a lifestyle, lifestyles yeah. all the time. Yeah, man, that's tricky. It's it's tricky because women will get more views and likes, but. At, they're more like hollow or tra- it, it feels that way sometimes yeah like it, they're yeah. there but they're not deep there it's not yeah. it's more superficial which is like do you ever think about how misleading and confusing that is the young girls that see uh-huh. that might like look up to you and be yeah. like oh I want how come she is you know how many what are you at now do you know like 110 I'm, or I something don't, yeah 111 K okay. followers yeah. so 111,000 followers which is a lot and younger artists coming up that are female might be like, oh wow, that's amazing! I want that someday. But like, that's not not everyone can get that because yeah. there's artists that have a million, mm-hmm. ten million, a hundred million, and not everyone's ever gonna get that. So, do you ever wonder about like what this effect can be on our society with this race for yeah. likes and followers? It doesn't make now you that ha- you've experienced it, it doesn't make you happy at the end of the day. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like I thought, I thought that like once I got to hundred thousand followers, I would like feel different. <laughs> it's never how it works. It's not how it works. I thought I would feel different. I thought like, oh my God, my career will absolutely take off. And like, yes, I've had some cool opportunities that have come my way, but it's still at the end of the day, just me in the studio. Like yeah. that is the practice. And yeah, I am lucky in that I have more eyes, but it's all about like what you do with the people who are there. Yeah. And it's not, so it really is like I, if anything, felt more comfortable sharing when I had less followers i felt probably sharing like just like in general like things about my life oh or like, yeah now you, you know, probably i really shouldn't. don't No, yeah i really shouldn't yeah well, unless it's like your thing because some people lean yeah. into that and they make it their life then they become like the influencer they actually right. open up like right. comedians will do it musicians will do it yeah they be they embrace it because they might realize like well if i want to keep getting followers yeah. This might help. It does. I think I want people to feel like they know me in some in you know some yeah. sense, like even yeah. if it's more superficial. But you know, like I'm, I'm definitely not at this point comfortable like being like ex- super open. I think it's going to take some time, but it did happen very quickly. It happened so, really quickly for you. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> all right. I think I need to ease myself. It's like a, into less this. than a year. Yeah, less than a year. Like a year ago, this time I had two thousand followers, oh and now I have. <laughs> so now so I have. Was like, it just like every morning you'd wake up and it was yeah. just like another thousand, another three, another? Yeah, five. yeah. Just from these videos, just a from couple these videos. couple videos. Yeah. And now when you make videos, do you see that they also help the growth because you yeah. have such a, it starts with such a stronger foundation now. It does. Yeah, yeah. I would say. I would. Say say so and I I do have now like some people who are very like invested in my work and who like buy my prints and stuff so I do have like a like a serious following of people who also are just you know they're still relatively newer followers so I think a lot of people are still getting to know me and getting to know my work Mm -hmm. so I haven't seen I think the full like potential of what my following is like I think it's going to take time Mm -hmm. to get people to really be excited about that and that's on me to like continue to show up and make good work like just because I got you know 100,000 followers overnight doesn't mean they're going to stay that they're going to buy the art right anything right that's on me to make good work and keep yeah. showing up. So that's what I have to keep reminding myself is like it's ju- it is just a number. It doesn't it didn't change anything really, right. you know. Yeah. It's kind of it, it's real but it's fake. It's like a real mind fuck honestly. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it. It's yeah. it's certainly confusing. It man, and there are people who experience 
orders of magnitude more than this. Well, they'll yeah. they'll blow up overnight because like a single went viral. Right, and they'll like get Billie millions. Eilish or whatever. I know oh, she yeah. had like she her one song that blew up fast. Yeah, right. Yeah, not to I compare myself to <laughs> the next Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you ever noticed anybody recognize you when you do anything? No. Well, I've definitely out there in the world. I've no, no one's like come up to me and been like, oh, hi, you know, anything like that. But I have had people who have like you know, seen my workplaces or been like, oh, like I, I saw this somewhere. Or I, I know somebody who I saw someone who has your print in their house or whatever, things mm-hmm. like that. So like kind of that starting to happen, but nobody's like recognized me or anything. I'm not, a, that's not like, a celebrity yet. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. They have that many and still be kind of like uh, anom- Anom- anonymous. anonymous. Yeah. It's huh. also a lot of, I've, I've looked at like my statistics and there's, it's, there's a lot of people from all over the world. So right. it's, I'm actually something I really want is like, I do have a strong Chicago following, but, like, I want it to be more – even more local than it is. Right, because yeah. stuff around the world, it doesn't do as much for you. No. You know, it yeah. doesn't. If you were a touring artist or a comedian, that would be huge because right. then you can go perform a show in London and you actually have people come to it because they know you. Right. But in your situation, it's a little different. Right. Um, do – so you – Strictly or an artist right now, just making paintings. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you do full time. That's what I do full time. Yeah. So you get a lot of commissions through Instagram. I do get a lot of commissions through Instagram. I'm kind of at the moment like putting a pause on some commissions because I feel like I've been a I've been doing a lot of them lately, and sometimes you get a little burnt out, and you're like, yeah. I need to just do my own thing, make sure that like. Because the thing is, is commissions are always based on things I've already done. So sometimes I feel like commissions keep me kind of in the past. Ah, and I'm like, tricky. I I want to like move on to something else or try something new. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that. Did did the Chicago Bulls commission you for anything? Or, or you just made that I stuff? just made that. I made one just for – because I wanted to. Um, Kirk is really into the Bulls and we went to a Bulls game and I was like – not paying attention to the game at all, but I was like, <laughs> blasphemy. I was like, the colors are pretty, you know. So, <laughs> so. Oh, you can't say that you're playing into the cliche. I know, I know, I know. I am. <laughs> I, I totally embrace it though. Like, I genuinely like. I am horrible with sports, but I I really enjoy the aesthetic of like stadiums and stuff. And yeah. so like. I'm like I'm like Kirk. Just tell me when when I should cheer, and then I'll <laughs> like you can't pick up on the social cues of the other ten thousand people. Yeah, cheering. exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> tell me when I should say something. something. So no, I'm just I'm I'm not a huge sports fan, which is I feel embarrassing because I do paint a lot of stadiums <laughs> and do. sports things now. But I genuinely really love the aesthetic, and I like being at games. I just don't like. I will never watch a sports game on TV. <laughs> Kirk, if you're listening, yeah. I'll go to the games with you. Yeah, yeah. He just went to the Bulls, <laughs> or not the Bulls, the Bears game yesterday. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. Nice. He has friends who will go with him. Yeah, but, you'll um, just paint it perfectly. Yeah, I'm like, take, the, take photos for me, you know, so. Where do you start with a painting? Do you have a photograph? Do you do it off your mind? Do you yeah. map it out with lines and kind of go from so there? So I feel like paintings kind of start stewing in my brain, like, almost like months before I actually start painting them I'll have like an idea it's very rare that like I just am like oh saw that I'm gonna go paint that like right now I'm usually thinking like oh that'd be cool and then I'm kind of like collecting like a vibe in my head like for example the um the bulls one I did I was like oh it'd be really cool if like it was just like a sea of red and then I was like really into the color red and like thinking about red for like three months <laughs> just <laughs> red I was just thinking about red and then I was like oh okay and then I had photos and I was like looking at other people's photos they'd taken but ultimately it was my photo that I took and uh I just sort of like 
imagined it though still because it wasn't exactly the photo. So a lot of it's very much like, yes, it looks realistic, but I usually enhance things or I'm like, I want to create a certain vibe. So I will like create like a certain color palette that I know I want to use. And I'm just kind of using the photo as like a base of structure, kind of like, you know, if I was yeah, doing like a architectural like map of something, mm -hmm. but the color is always usually just in my head. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and was it always like that, or is that a way you developed? I think I time? developed that over time. Um, I've never, I've always been very much like color and light focused. Like I'm less interested in having things look like precise and like perfect. I'm more interested in like what the colors, yeah, like communicate or like what. I sound like such a like millennial being like the vibe, but like the, vi <laughs> but the vibe like is a, is a really big. You are a millennial. I, well, yeah, I know I am, but like it's like I'm like the vibe is a really big deal to me, and I really like I love like glowy sort of aesthetic yeah. and stuff. So like I'm very interested in just like what light is doing. So you have a lot of that in your painting. Yeah, you do. Yeah, very yeah. much just glow. Yeah, not like exact perfect lines, but almost yeah. like this blend. Yeah. From from one structure to, like, another one. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's very interesting. It's kind of, like, almost... It's not, like... Someone said it's a little whimsical still. A little bit, yeah. It's kind of But not, like, whimsical. as far as, like, a, a Starry Night whimsical. Like, right. that's too... That's, like, brain-melted. Yeah. And you don't want... You're not, like, perfect straight lines like you're I'm in a not drafting a, I'm not, class. not a hyper-realist either. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a nice middle ground. Yeah. It's, like, I just want you to, like, leave with, like, oh, this is what this feels like it is more like a feel that's right yeah. it's not this isn't exact or i have to try to figure out what this means it's like i feel that this would it would be like if i were there on a sun on a sunny right. sunset in july you know right maybe just squint a little bit you know because it's not <laughs> so it's not so perfect but yeah so that's sort of like where i'm at with my work and i think i'm actually gonna probably start going even a little more not abstract but like blending it a little bit further i think do you, yeah. do you, is that like an active decision or you just kind of like feel it? Like, where does that? I'm feeling that. Also, my wrist has been hurting. Um, <laughs> really? Because <laughs> of all the little details. Yeah. So I'm like, I never even thought about looser. that. Yeah. It's a big so, problem with musicians, especially yeah. like classically trained ones that are just playing eight hours a day with a bow. It's yeah. really hard on your wrist. It is. We're not designed to do this stuff. No, we're not. <laughs> so I think I'm going to start getting a little bit looser in certain areas just for the for the longevity of yeah. my career. Are there certain so. exercises, hand practices you can do to... Yeah. So I think part of the issue was is I was doing a lot of yoga too, which is like, you know, that's all like on your wrist. So no more of that, um, oh, no. <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, just kind of stretching and icing it whenever I can too. What are so. like working out? Like what if like like forearm, forearm and grip strength workouts. Yeah, I've been doing help? been doing weights. I've been doing weights a little bit. So. <laughs> I just started today. Just, I could I could do them a little bit. I've been lifting so. my fists. My fists. Yeah, <laughs> I am getting married next year, so I do need I, I do need to work on that with <laughs> with the dress because I was wearing a strapless dress. So I'm like, all right, yeah, we do need to start lifting a little. Bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. So. It's been a weird year then. It's been a weird year. It's been a really weird year. But it helped kind of shape your future now. You can be like, oh, yeah. I can just be an artist for a bit. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Do you feel like it could leave you at any time? Like you you will lose it? No. I feel way more confident than That's I did good. a year ago. I think a year ago I would have – I felt like, oh, my God, this is so, like, tenuous. This is so, like, you know, I better strike while the iron's hot kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. And now I'm more just like – I'm going to always be 
be painting. I'm going to always be making as long as I physically can. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not really that worried. Like, I've proven to myself that people are interested. People like what I'm doing. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, like I said earlier, like, that's not necessarily going to – it doesn't change how I feel about myself. It doesn't change how I feel about my art. So it's all about, like, me showing up in the studio and finding, like, Mm -hmm. joy in that. Because it is kind of – it's a very solitary, like, weird thing to do all day. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a weird – it's a weird career. (laughs) It's weird being alone all day, like, doing what you created. Yeah. You know, it's it's – it, man. Are you alone all day? Or uh-huh, are you also- all the time. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I was, was like, just going to get like, I'm yeah. trying to find a way to talk. When I talk about myself on this podcast, I try not to talk about myself. I try to make it make sense so yeah. I'm not always talking about myself. Yeah. And between what you said about, there's three things that are resonating with, with, with you and I at this moment. And what you said about the Art Institute struck mm-hmm. a nerve because yeah. I have very few people I could talk to about that yeah. that actually know what I'm saying and actually agree with that whole world and the money part of it and the the pompous part of it and the mm-hmm. arrogance. And then the second thing was the internet situation, which yeah. you're in a different place now, but you were once in that place where like, what? Why can't I've I figure this out? I've been on both sides of it and it's a mind fuck. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's stressful when you are your own um, like um, – Promotion. Promotional person and social media manager. You, like you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's stressful and it's weird and yeah. it's confusing. And then the second thing is like being your own boss, working alone all the time and doing many different things on your own. With It's hard to relate to other people because people yeah. will work from home. But they're doing someone else's job. Right. They work for a company that someone else created. There's a lot less yeah. of this. The stakes are far less. Way less. They're just yeah. like, I don't know. I got this meeting. I'm not going to pay attention or this and that. Now, I have a job at, at uh, Illinois State University, but it's very open and I have a lot of say and control through my classes. It's at a college level. So I have more f- freedom there. And that's twice a week, you know. Right. And I'm not tenure track, so I don't have to do a lot of the academic research. I don't have to do a lot of like hiring process. I, st- I just teach classes. Right. So that's only, you know, that's only part of the week. The other five days a week and then the summers and the winter breaks, I'm work- doing everything myself. And like today I was working all day alone, many different jobs, but all under the, the DZ Records umbrella. And it's hard to relate to people. Yeah. You get, it gets weird because I don't know anybody else at the moment that strictly like works for themselves and they decide everything and they have to create their schedule, follow it, try yep. to project what they should be at for the future when there's nothing compared to. I'm not doing like yeah. quarterly, how much did I make this quarter? And I don't know, the investors are going to be upset on, on you know, this, yeah. the, the stocks aren't doing Sometimes well. Sometimes like, I'm like, am I allowed to be doing this? Yeah. Like, where, like <laughs> am I, is this illegal? Like, am I allowed to just be at home? Yeah, like, it feels making weird Making art? Like, <laughs> is this a real job? Yeah, no, I definitely. It's, it's very strange. Really. And I've been doing that, give or take, for seven years now. And at first, it was, I felt very strange. I had a huge imposter syndrome. I don't have it anymore. Because I've proven to myself and people have – well, enough people tell you yeah. that, like, you're doing it and you're doing it right and they respect it. You're like, okay, it's real. Yeah. This is really happening. But then sometimes I just feel bad. I'll, like, be grocery shopping with all the old ladies because everyone else is at work, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. on, like, a Wednesday. You know what it feels like now. <laughs> on, like, a Wednesday at 10, which is the best time to go shopping for it those is. who don't get to experience it. And parking's less – there's not as many cars on the road. Mm-hmm. The, par- the the stores are more empty. Yep. 
the the employees are nicer because they're dealing with old people and everyone's mm-hmm. chill. <laughs> you can go to the DMV like not after work, yeah. you know, or whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> and then you start to feel bad when you see when when it is the time of day that everyone else is doing that, right? And you get to like not do it. I start to feel bad. I'm like, man, that sucks. That to, like do their car wash, laundry, DMV shopping, all yeah. this awful time to do it, right? You know, and. I have I will say that like I have been trying to keep like a nor- like a normal schedule of like a 9 to 5 just from like I do want to sp- like Kirk works a 9 to 5 and I do want to like see him after work and not be like I'm working now yeah. cuz like, we were kind of doing that for a while where you know I'd work a 9 to 5 and then I'd come home and I would be then painting and it's like I'll see you on the weekends even though we like live together. Yeah. So now I'm like all right I'll try to like keep to that schedule so like It's healthy. So it's a little healthier. It's like I can see people, but you know, it really is still like even then. It's a twenty four seven job because in my head, it's like, oh, I'm posting this. I'm getting mm-hmm. an email from you can't somebody. Get away from it. You really can't get away from it. There's nobody else replying to my emails. Any opportunity I don't take is it's all on me. Right. That's money I'm not making, mm-hmm. and you know. Also making those decisions about, like, should I take this opportunity? Should I not take this opportunity? Well, the only one who's going to feel those consequences are me. Mm-hmm. And, or when people back out. Or when people back out. And yeah. It happens. You have a big mm-hmm. gig. Uh, I, I've had it. I have one uh, in two weeks that, that, that dropped out, and it's, like, a really big one. And it's, like, one that happens when you work for a company and, like, something drops out. It doesn't – you still get your salary. Like, it doesn't – Yeah, it doesn't matter. Maybe if it's commission-based stuff, you might not get much. But most people are salary and, like, well, guess, okay – what happens to me is like, well, guess I'm not going on that vacation I wanted to do. Right. Guess Let, I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm, next month's gonna be tight. You know, like stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and you know? there's, those are the those are the thoughts <laughs> you have. It's not. Yeah, it's like next month's gonna be tight. And like I, it's the same thing. I'll have commissions that I think are set and ready to go. We've discussed whatever. And then they're like, oh, I want to wait a couple more months on this. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I banked on that. Like, yeah, I bought that I can't purse. can't bank on anything. <laughs> I've been learning to not put any eggs in any baskets. When no. someone books, I go, cool. And I won't feel happy until they left the studio after right. they we did the product and they paid me. Otherwise, until that happens, anything can happen. Anything can sick, happen. Things happen. You can't count on it. I think COVID it. taught us that. Probably. Oh, my God. Yeah. It did. <laughs> yeah. COVID was brutal. I'm sure for you because you oh. couldn't have people in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had to skip a year. 19, 21. Yeah. Wow. I had to skip a year of that. I couldn't have any bands come in. I couldn't do anything I wanted to. I couldn't even grow in teaching because teaching – Sound stuff through Zoom was miserable. I was it was say. bad for me. It was bad for the students, and it was bad for the program. It was bad for everybody. Yeah, and I couldn't grow as like an educator. Yeah, which was, which kind of sucks when you're like, especially as my third year, I was kind of new. Mm-hmm. It was the end of my second year, and I was still new. I'm trying to like learn how to do this. Right. It's a whole nother skill set to to teach at a college level. So that sucked, and but I kept telling myself like everyone's going through this. Some people are dying. I'm fortunate enough to have some roommates, people to hang out with, you know, in this right. time. I had a lot of space. You've been to my my house. There's a big yard. So I yeah. had a lot of space to have privacy and safety, yeah. which not everyone did. I can't imagine being cooped up, cooped up in an apartment. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> I wasn't, and I don't I don't want to know what that's like. That sounds awful. Yeah. Although I'm kind of cooped up in an apartment all day every day, <laughs> like by choice, so I really can't. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I – yeah, but I mean, so you work from home? I do work from home. Yeah, our second bedroom is the studio. It's a studio. So it's a little tight, but I'm making it work. And at the moment, like, I can't imagine like going someplace else to work. Like, I like working you from have so my much home. Time yeah, that that working 
from home, you get all that time because the commute, yeah. this, that, again, running errands is great. You can double down. You can do laundry, yep. dishes, in my situation, upload videos to YouTube, render videos on Final Cut while you're doing all. You could all just layer. Because people yeah. have asked me, like, how do you juggle three, four, five, six, seven different careers at once? And it's right. like I just have learned how to layer stuff. Yeah. You just get – you have – the computers and machines run for work for you while you do other stuff. Right. While you're, you know, I've I've said it many times too. Like, um, there's times when you're just like at home lollygagging doing stuff, and I that's the time that I'll use to promote social media. Like I just find right. better ways to fit it. Use your time. Yeah. And you get better and better, and it, it is a skill. It takes yeah. years to like hone in and that discipline. Now my discipline is don't do any production or editing work between or only do it between 10 and 5. Okay. 10 a.m. and 5. So, so that seven-hour window is for like editing, mixing, mastering, video work, sessions with bands, anything like that. Between um, 7 and, and 8 a.m. is strictly like reading and meditating. And that's all I mm-hmm. do. 8 to 9.30, I go on five-mile walks. Nice. Then I do a little workout, make a smoothie, and then it works all day. And then by five, when everyone, like you said, you want to have a normal life, when people start coming home from work, that's when I'll make dinner and try not to do work in the evening. Sometimes things like this isn't, this is work for people. This is not really work. Right. But it is, but, but it's it not. Is. Yeah. I'm like hanging out and talking. I right. would be doing this anyway with somebody else, but just not in front of a mic. So I'll do some of this stuff in the evenings, but I, I also do enjoy doing these in the mornings, like right. in the afternoons. Um, but, yeah, you just get really good at layering, you know? Like, yeah. okay, I'll take a break from painting in your situation. Yeah. I'll go do the laundry. And while the laundry's going, I guess I'll go on my phone and, like, try to book some things. Right. While I'm booking things, maybe I'm out on a walk getting some fresh air at the park. Stuff like that. Yeah. Because if you have a good smartphone, which they all are now, mm-hmm. and a laptop, my God. You what, can get you so can much do, accomplished. Yeah. It's insane how much. I tell people, like, my phone, it's bittersweet. Because it's always attached to me and you too, mm-hmm. and you can work from it all day, you never know when you aren't working. Right. It's so dangerous. It is really dangerous. Even in the yeah. evenings, we're like, oh, I'm not working. Maybe you're not in your studio anymore, mm-hmm. but you still have that thing with you. It's still right there. And you can work from it really, really efficiently. Like yeah. Like 10 o'clock at night. So around 7, I tend to put the no notifications on. I just flip it down. I try not to look at it for about three hours. Yeah. And then at 10, look at it one last time and then try to go to bed. You're, way better, you're much better than me. <laughs> but this is, again, years of doing it. Yeah. You know, I even have six years of age on you. Yeah. So I've learned it because it gets dangerous. It gets yeah. so dangerous because the best time to email artists who are up late and traveling and touring and stuff is the evening. Yeah. Because they're all on their phone. So it's the best time to Instagram message. It's the best time to try to collaborate, to reach out to, to text, to respond. That's when everyone's doing it in the world I'm in. Right. So it's so hard to like not do it, but you just, I don't know. I just like, I'll I'll respond tomorrow. And with weekends, I've gotten really serious about like, I don't, I try not to respond to anything until Monday morning. Yeah. I I get an email on Saturday. It's hard. You always feel like that, um, survival mentality you're gonna like miss out on a gig or work right but 
most people aren't doing stuff on Saturdays and Sundays no. anyway. So, like, just wait. And they'll be there on Monday. And I think a lot know? of people appreciate it, too, more than you think. I mean, I always – I'm like, do, would I really want to be receiving an email, like, at 10 p.m. right now? Like, on a Saturday on night. On a Saturday <laughs> night. Like, no. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because then they're in the same place as you. They yeah. go, oh, do I have to respond? I'm out with my friends at a bar. Do I really have to respond to this, this right now? now. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's I think it's a good way to, to operate. And I'm still figuring out my schedule very much. I think it's really hard because – um, like with painting, it, it, there's a lot of like, okay, I'm not, I'm not in the mood today sometimes where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. like I'm not feeling inspired or this painting is like kicking my butt and I'm just like, it's like a real slog right now yeah. and getting myself to like get into the studio and do that certain days. I'm like, I've had to learn like some days are just, n- I'm just not supposed to paint. And, like, sometimes I have to pivot my schedule and be like, I'm just not in the mood today and I'm going to end up doing more harm than good to this painting. (laughs) And I have to— And it's hard. You can't undo a lot of that. Or you can. It's probably really hard, though, right? Yeah, you can, but it's hard. And there's, like, you end up sometimes making more work for yourself. So I've had to figure out, like, okay, knowing, like, when I'm really, like, okay, I'm not in a place right now or, like, just it's not happening today, you know? Yeah. And then having, like, okay, I'm going to pivot my schedule. I've tried to have, like, really rigid— from like, you know, sort of like structured time like that. And it, it doesn't really work for me because, yeah, it, it does it, – there is sort of like a little bit of a woo-woo thing going on too with mm-hmm. me and the painting where it's like, all right, sometimes it's just like it needs to breathe. I need a break. Yeah. Do a new thing. Go what, try what's something a do else. new thing you'll do? Since you're yeah. strictly painting, what are some other things you can do for your job? Yeah, I think social productive? media is like one. I mean, there's always like Isn't that crazy? I, yeah. It's always something to be doing. There's always a message to respond to. How much time do you take a day with it? Mm, I don't even want to know. I'm sure I could look right I now. I can guess on my own. I could tell I mean, again, I, this is our lives. Like we have I, to, this is part of the job. Probably is like four hours a day if I had to get of just like screen time on yeah. the app. And, yeah. and that's not all being productive. That's some scrolling <laughs> probably. You know, I always tell people I'm doing say, research. Yeah, that's what I'm I say too. Research. It's research. It's research. And sometimes it really is. It, you know? it is sometimes, or it's but sometimes like we lie to ourselves. With other people's content, so that, you know that they engage with my content. Whatever. It's like it, it's so hard. It's so fuzzy. Uh. You know that. But I, sometimes I'll be I'll do social media. I'll edit videos as well. So sometimes like the editing of videos. Yeah. Um, I did have the podcast for a bit. We haven't been doing the podcast lately just because I've been kind of busy and wanting to just like focus mm-hmm. my time. And also and that's called Gesso Girls. And that's done with you and a friend? Yeah, my friend Erin Murray. She's she, a good artist too. I was looking at her Yeah, work. she's a good artist. She is no longer doing it though because she's mm-hmm. too busy. And I think it just is kind of pivoting more towards she isn't really she's not really doing painting per se she's more like graphic design and okay. stuff so i think i'm just gonna maybe at some point like do a solo podcast or more like an interview based podcast like this gesso girls you said gesso girls is yeah. the name why of why i called that gesso is the uh primer that you use for painting oh. and I, we just thought it sounded catchy that, i mean it does <laughs> i just didn't know what gesso meant and most people, it's kind of like an inside joke like if you know what gesso is it's like the primer oh, that you use on canvases okay. so yeah i don't think it's gonna stay that name since it's it's no longer gesso girls it would just it's just gonna be me so i need to find a new name i could just have it be gesso girl but i think i'll pick a new name for it and i think i'm gonna Gesso girl's a good name it is a good name maybe i'll keep i don't know keep it you already have established i do have established yeah just keep it going just keep it going i think next year i just know this next year is going to be insane just from like 
art standpoint, I'm getting married next year, and I'm like, well, uh, when? Next September. Nice, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And so young, how's it feel? Weird. I didn't expect this, honestly. No, <laughs> we're both. Kirk is 34, so he's okay. older than me. So we, you know, there is that. There was a little bit of that, a part of it, but at the same time, like, I'm like, I know you're my person, so like, I don't. Yeah, like, when you know, you know. Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, absolutely. all right, well, I, cool. yeah, we could arbitrarily wait till I'm 30 just to say I, you know, was 30, you know, yeah, but who cares? Whatever. If you know, you know, just do it. Just doing it. So I just know there's going to be like, you know, that's busy. Busy. Marriages are. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm not going to start the podcast up again. So probably like another year from now, I'll start doing the podcast cool. more seriously. Do it. They're fun. They're fun. I love it. You learn so much just. And I, it people. also like kind of scratches the itch of like the sound stuff that I still like yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, the, my apartment has horrible acoustics though, so like that. Well, if you need any advice on acoustic treatment? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this I basement live near a you train, would, so. Oh, well, there's some stuff you can do. <laughs> Is there? Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Like, uh, I'll show you later. I've done some magic down here. Okay. You would never, this basement did not look like this when I moved in. Yeah, here. I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm actually building stuff to go around this. Okay. Um, when I have bands come in to do sessions, I have all these soundproof curtains okay. that I cover all this in, and it helps tremendously. There's a lot you can do if you okay. just have some foam, soundproof curtains, some uh, absorption padding, okay. some stuff really inexpensive. You can even be really crafty, and if you're going to do it to cover up stuff yeah. and then put things on it, you can honestly – a good t- it's going to sound ridiculous, and some people have their own thoughts about it, but mm-hmm. like – Go out on a garbage night, like mm. maybe where your family lives on the north side, not yeah. in the city, in the winter, mm. and find couches and just take out the cushions within them. Oh, my God. Why the winter? Because bugs can't live in bugs them. Bugs can't live in them. Yeah, Smart. nothing can live in them. So yeah. do it on the cold days. It sounds mm. terrible, but it's the same foam that this stuff is. It just doesn't look all sleek. Right. But it, it's stuff you hide. If it's going to be like blocking a window and hidden behind this, like behind that acoustic yeah. wall is a window shoved with couch cushions in oh. it. And you would never know, and you can't even hear beyond it. Oh, my God. But so why spend a fortune on thick 8-inch foam when you can just use couch cushions? Just couch cushions, but yeah. But again, yeah, do it in the winter and a garbage winter. night. Just find okay. a couch that's out there and just go through the utility knife and cut it out okay. and take it. That's perfect. Whenever we move— It's cheap. Because we're going to move next year, and I'm like, where we move to next? I'm like, we can't be near the train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't be near the, the tra- train. I'm so glad I don't hear any of that stuff. The train is like—I'm just so used to it now, but I always notice it like during— like for the podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Which line? Red? A blue line. Blue? Yeah. Okay. So— it's just it's just always there, but it's that close. You live that close to it. It's funny because it's like it's not even that close, but there's like a vacant parking lot, and then mm. there's like a cro- Milwaukee, and it's like it just travels across. It just goes right across it, yeah. And so it's like feels, nothing stopping it. It feels like nothing stopping it. So it feels like we're like next to it, even yeah. though it's not. We're quite a distance. Some so. soundproof curtains just over okay. the windows okay. with a little bit of absorption in the room nice. helps a lot because what happens is the sounds. Hitting the window, okay. emanating through it, and it's bouncing around a reflective surface. Okay. So if you block the first hit with a curtain and okay. you put a gap between the window and the curtain, maybe two layers of it, and then you put treatment in the room, whatever sound can get through the glass, hit that air gap, get through the curtains, and then still bounce around the room. Don't bounce around anymore because it's getting absorbed by the cushions. Okay. So that actually helps a lot. You'd be amazed. May just do, honestly, just for my own sanity, like just from the for like at night and stuff. Because sometimes, yeah. like even for sleeping, sleeping and hanging and out, stuff, watching yeah. a movie, having a dinner party, you name it. Yeah. I would recommend it. It's yeah. Okay. 
you convinced you've convinced me. Maybe I'll maybe I'll start the podcast sooner because of my <laughs> yeah. And if you need help, more. yeah, I'm happy to help Perfect. give advice. I even need help you like build and set up this stuff. It's That'd not be a, awesome. It's not a big deal. So because de- I definitely want to do it, and I I enjoy like talking about like you know this stuff, mm-hmm. and I enjoy talking about because I think podcasts were a huge thing for me like when I was just starting out because I felt really alone you know I was alone in the studio and I was like is this even possible so I felt like I was listening to like so many like probably cringy or like corny like motivational like podcast things at the time just to try to like get stay motivated just having another human being talking yeah talking like you're there I listen to more podcasts now than ever being alone all the time. Yes. I listen to a lot of music, but I listen to music in certain situations. Right. I drive 130 miles to teach at ISU every Tuesday oh and Thursday, so it's God. 520 miles a week. Holy shit. That's all podcasts because yeah. I do music all day. I go to class. I'm talking about music, editing music. I edit music down here all day, so I don't want to listen yeah. to music. I want to listen to a podcast and yeah. learn something and maybe learn something I didn't know, history, science, math, technology, art. Yeah. Social media, something. Something. Yeah. And it's been amazing. It's it's gotten me through the last seven years of my life of being on my own, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think podcasts are like – that's kind of why I want to make one is because it's something that like I consume. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is like – it's similar with like painting. It's like I enjoy painting. It's like I consume that content. So like, if you're already consuming that content, you're probably going to be really good at making it because you've – had hours and hours of listening to and like practicing it. So yeah. like if you can find something that you're like already interested in, already doing a medium, you're already just kind of has a baseline curiosity about, like that's the one I think you can really dive deeper into and it's mm-hmm. not going to be like hard for you no. to do. And you'd yeah. have a bunch of guests to talk to. You know a yeah. lot of artists now, you know? Yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be really cool. So that's like, yeah, that that's coming down the pipeline. But I've had some practice with it already, but mm-hmm. it's not, you know – what kind of gear were you using? Not, not really good stuff. That's another thing. If you need advice, well, first of all, yeah. get these mics. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of different gear, but uh, if you get these mics, these stands, a cloud lift, some cables, and a little two-channel interface, um, it would probably run you all brand new. I would recommend buying this stuff used. Okay. Audio gear, buy used because it's meant to be used. Right. Like right. if I were to sell this right now, you could you'd sell it for half the price, but it's the same thing. It's if the you same bought it thing, new. yeah. So if you buy it all used, you could probably get it everything for like 600 bucks. Okay. And it's like high quality. High quality of, stuff. Do you have Logic Pro X? I, I don't, I don't, no. What, do you, what software would you edit with? I was using... Um, do you have an Apple computer? I do have an Apple computer. What am I using? It's like not Avid. No, it's um, Adobe. No, geez, what is FL it? FL Studio. <laughs> so Pro bad. Pro Tools, Fruity Loops, GarageBand, Mm-mm. Ableton, Mm-mm. Studio One. I named, I think I named all of them. Okay, this is like a really like. Is it like a weird, weird one off one? I think a weird one that I like downloaded like a long time in art school. Someone told me to, and I'm like trying to remember what it's called. I just named a bunch. Yeah. Well, get, you have an Apple computer. Okay. You can get the student bundle. Okay. You know, you're not a student, you just say you are. Okay. And it's two hundred dollars mm-hmm. for Logic Pro X and Final Cut because you do audio, okay. high end audio and video in both, and they connect and communicate, so you can kind of go between them. Okay, it's what I'm using right now, but it's uh super easy to use and intuitive, and it's high quality. Okay, so yeah, with that software, the mics, the stands, some cables, a cloud lift brings these levels louder. Okay, because these are low output microphones, and okay. then into a little interface that's a two-channel, two like a Focusrite two-channel USB interface, mm-hmm. all used, yeah, probably 600 bucks for everything. Okay. And it's like, you'll sound amazing. Yeah. High quality. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some 
um, settings you should put on, like equalization, compression, a limiter on each channel. Okay. And that's simple, and then you're good. And, wow. like, the editing is very simple after that. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my, I have such a sketchy lo-fi situation at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very... Sketchy lo-fi. It's very sketchy. <laughs> that's so cool, though, sketchy lo-fi. Yeah. And then you don't even have to do a camera. I decided to buy a nice camcorder and do that because yeah. I realized the one thing I did do right was podcasts are big with audio but they're also big with video yeah you can make clips and this and that so i was like you got to do both and i'm glad to do both because i get um i have more views on the youtube channel with it than i do on the streaming okay so that's good yeah i think a lot of people do like to watch they do which is really interesting yeah i never would have thought but they do i know because i normally am like i i'm painting so i don't want to watch because i'm like i just need it I'm mm-hmm. already looking at something else. So it's like TV now, though, because YouTube is on yeah. every smart TV, so you could just put it on and do right. something. But you're like, if you ever want to take a break, you can go back and look at it and watch it. And so if you end up yeah. having an interesting guest or maybe someone with a little bit more fame, then people really want to watch. Really want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. What kind of guests have you had on the show? All kinds, um, a lot of different types of artists, okay. producers, um, actors, writers. A lot of musicians, comedians. I've had a couple. Am I the first visual artist you've had on? I'm trying to think. I've I think so. You're maybe I'm trying to think. I've had a glass blower. Trying to think of visual visual art. I've had people who have who are visual artists, but that's not like their main thing. Like okay. I had my friend Brennan uh, Weaver, who's a comedian, he made that backdrop and okay. another piece upstairs. Great artist. But so he makes art, but he's a comedian. He does other work for a living. Okay. Art was just something done on the side. So stuff like that. You're the first person that's like what you do what is a visual artist. Yeah. yeah. I think you're the only one. Okay. But um also turns out there's not that many of you on this planet. I yeah, that, that's another thing that like I actually I wanted to say that like I so many people are like, oh my god, it's so hard to make it as like a visual artist. I'm like, there aren't as many of us as you think. Like it's not as competitive. I mean, it is competitive, like don't get me wrong. But like I think that people really overplay like how saturated the market the market is. Yeah. I think people that's, Instagram does that yeah. to you though. It makes yeah, you, you feel think. like it, but like 99.9% of people on Instagram, that's not what they're doing for a living. No, no. It's a hobby. It's fun. It's it's a passion project. They go and do it on the weekends. Like, right. it's not actually what their income is. Right. So you can't take that into that variable. Right. You know? We, I think it's it's a far fewer, smaller, it's a lot smaller of a group. Even just like the Chicago other painters I know, it's like, it's not really that big of a community Mm-mm. at all really no. i mean i mean it is and it isn't um but it's, it's like a lot of careers though though where it's like yeah it's like this and then it just like skyrockets right because so there you are just people who make get, millions off painting you just kind of have to get through a hump and then there's a <laughs> lot of like you don't i don't don't shoot for it to be the million dollar a painting person just try to be the couple thousand dollar a pop painting mm-hmm. and you know and it, the more you do the you know the prices will go up but you can still make a really good living. Absolutely. Like just from doing, you know, kind of middle of the road price point paintings. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I, I think that there's too much like black and white thinking when yeah. it comes to painting. It's like the starving artist or yeah, you're selling for millions at auction. And it's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> if you can have like a roommate and pay your bills and pay rent and have food and enjoy mm-hmm. some life. Then live like that. Like that's kind of what I do. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like my really my goal is like I don't really want to be like you know 
yeah, the million dollar painting person. Like that's a lot of that's pressure. A, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Uh, I don't really care about being like a gallery artist. I, I kind of actually like having it be through the internet and like real people buying my work. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the white wall gallery thing that much. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm a little bit from art school burned out from it, yeah. but I think I'll get back there eventually. Just went to my, fir- I went to like an art, I've been going to more like shows from really? other artists lately just because like now I like know them and I'm like, oh, I should go. And yeah. I'm like a little triggered and I'm like, oh, okay, it's a gallery. <laughs> I need to go um, to more. I'm going to one on Friday. Uh, my partner's father is an artist. Okay. So I'm going to one River North. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he's a pretty decently lo- known Chicago artist. Yeah. Nice. What's his? You can say. I'll tell you off. Okay. okay. <laughs> I try to keep that stuff a little more private. Okay. Because as you know, yeah, people are weird out there. People uh, already know Kirk's name, so and Kirk's not on social media at all, so yeah. you can't even find him. So. It's. I, I've had many people be like, why 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 isn't that like more public? Why don't you post that stuff? It's like because I already have enough problems trying to keep odd characters from knowing too much about me. I opened my life to the world. Yeah. Like people hung out. My Thousands of people knew where I lived, came to my house. Yes. If I wasn't a man and specifically a man who can handle himself um, visually, physically, then I'd be so scared. Yeah. Because I have the stuff I've seen and dealt with is not good. Really? But I'm not, yeah, but I'm just not scared because it's like I hope nobody would want to mess with me because I'd They'd regret it. So like, that's why I'm not scared. I okay. have confidence in my ability physically okay. to defend myself. But if I was a smaller woman, I'd be terrified okay. of what I've seen and dealt with. A lot of people – because my, my address and number and name, everything has been public. It's all on Google. Wow. It's public information. It's a public business. It's Anyone could see What's everything. What's the craziest thing that are you allowed to say that's happened? Or I mean – it's not good, but it's it, honestly, it's like, uh, it's what the crime rates and what police have always said. Like, crime is the worst stuff. It's usually among people you know. It's actually not random people. Wow. So, so it's, has someone like stolen stuff from you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's people you know. It's it's old wow. friends. It's it's people that were close to you. It's not, it's usually not random people. It's not yeah. where crime happens. It's, yeah. Violence isn't new, normally people walking down the street. It's domestic violence. It is, That's yeah. Just, it's the, the, the stats of it. Right. You know, so- I would recommend for anybody who has a more public life or people know a lot about them, yeah. keep your personal life, like keep that stuff separate. Separate, yeah. It's healthier. Yeah. And it's healthier to just separate them and like be like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm going to hang out with you and focus on that. Right. This is our relationship. That's life. That's work. Right. You know, they're different. And it's different because, you know, he, he's a guy. He's older. He, it's not as threatening or scary to yeah. him, you know, your partner. So. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's been some weird, weird stuff. Bizarre. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I, I I am nervous about like at the moment I, I think I need to get a P.O. box because like currently my return address when I send out like paintings is my address. Oh yeah, you should do it. Which I need to do. Get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> you have too many too many people can find that. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I mean this this place, this new spot, mm-hmm. the address is not public. I'm not telling anyone. I only tell you if you are like confirming that you're coming, coming here, here. And then yeah. I will be like, all right, this is the address. Yeah. On that, I used to just my address is on every email. I threw it out there. It was on Google. You can Google the old place you do Google literally the DZ and my address and home pop up. Like wow. on Google. Wow. So like anybody anybody could have found it and knew about it. Wow. But I had like Five guy roommates okay. and a big dog, and we were all pretty capable dudes, so I wasn't right. really scared. 
you know, I sleep with a nail gun under my bed. Here you go. You know? <laughs> it's comforting. <laughs> I know. I always say that and people are like, well, I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. if imagine you break into a house and someone is shooting a nail gun at you, you're probably running out of that, that house. It's probably, it's honestly more <laughs> terrifying than like a real because, gun a gun to me somehow. Right, because you're like, that person's so crazy. They're shooting a nail, nail gun, gun at you right yeah. now. They're probably not messing around. <laughs> they are not messing around. And you don't need a permit for it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, the public thing. But, I mean, it's what we sign up for. Right, you right. Know? I've asked for it. I've, I've asked for everyone to come in my home. So now what do I expect? Right. And you, so you do have to, like, that's something I've also recognized, like, kind of going back to, like, the whole, like, yeah, people seeing my face and stuff with, like, the painting. It's like I didn't realize how many people were going to, like, actually, like, see me, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, all right, well, I can't go back from that now, you yeah. know? So, like, yeah. it is what it is. Um, and I know there are a lot of artists out there, you know, who don't ever, like, show their face, like, just show the art. Yeah, and I've seen that. And I've been tempted to do that, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. I think there's, I think it's important that people see like a woman succeeding in art. Yes, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. That's a, you deal with an interesting internal yeah. bat- battle with that. Yeah. You know, being a young woman who is succeeding in that, mm-hmm. having success, you want to be like a good influence to show the other women, the other yeah. kids. Not just that, this is something I don't think it's talked about enough when one sex does well. Mm-hmm. You also are helping young boys to realize, like, oh, women can do this yes. too. Yes. Maybe not older men who are too stupid stuck, at stuck this in point. Their ways. Yeah. But, but like seven-year-old little Timmy might see them like, oh, wow, I, like he can see like women can yeah. have a job and be respected and do well and excel in something that I thought was for men. Yeah. And so it's healthy for both sides. Absolutely. You know, it I mean, I'm trying to remember like from art history. I mean, I think at SAIC, like they made more of an effort to include like women and like when they were talking about painting and like art history from a painting perspective. But I distinctly remember like in high school taking art history and I swear to God, like two women were mentioned. Mm -hmm. Like, and some of those textbooks, like they have like no women in the textbooks. So, like, I think the more that we can just have like even just like, yeah, the visual even of like a woman showing her art, like, I think that that's really important. I also think it's interesting too because I, since my Instagram has like taken off a bit. I have a, a predominantly male following and I've, which it was weird. It used to be more women than men. Mm-hmm. And I, I have had a weird, like, I was like, oh, wait, what is that about? I am painting things like cityscapes, which I think not to be stereotypical, like can appeal more to like a male audience yeah. sometimes. Architecture. Architecture. Stuff. things. So I think it's a sports bit. Sports stadiums. There's sports stadium stuff too. So like, I do think there's kind of a weird contrast of like, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not exactly like a sporty girl. Like I'm a little more girly in <laughs> general. Yeah, when do I clap? But like, so I'm kind of like this weird like, and also my colors are sometimes a little more feminine, like pink or like bright colors and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in. I've kind of been thinking a lot about this lately. Is I'm kind of intentionally like doing these sort of like masculine, stereotypically masculine subject matters, but I'm like a woman doing them, yeah. and I'm doing them in my own style. And I kind of want to embrace that more and, like, have that be more of, like, something that I, like, stand behind and am proud of and doing intentionally and not, like, being, like, oh, I should make my face less seen because I only – you know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. like, I want to kind of have the two juxtaposing things. That's so tricky. Yeah. (laughs) It's tricky because, like, you're trying to figure out the numbers. You're looking at Mm -hmm. the analytics, but there's some, you know, method to that madness. Yeah. It could be that. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, 
what are your what are your thoughts on when it's kind of this is a hot take when it's kind of apparent a little obvious that a woman's using her body coupled with the art to try to get more I don't have a problem with it honestly at all I mean I just as long as she's doing it from a place of like you know feel not feeling like she has to be in mm-hmm. order to get okay you know like yeah. I don't want her to think I don't want anyone to ever think that they have to do that but I have no problem with it okay at all I I mean I think it's totally someone's choice it's not something I want to do just because I you know no I, that's just not me or like how I usually present myself (laughs) it's just not who I am so I'm never going to do something that's not genuine to who I am but if somebody is like really is embracing their body and like wanting to be to do that and already maybe does that in some capacity then absolutely as long as it's genuine to them so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean that's a it's it's tricky that one because you hope that it doesn't give a bad image or rep to like everyone making art like you know like i would hope that someone could you know just like there are men who dress differently mm-hmm. yeah and there are men who present themselves differently in the world yeah i would hope that people can be you know smart enough to differentiate to, that women yeah. can also present differently in the world Absolutely. and it doesn't necessarily speak to every single woman or how they're supposed to show their art or mm-hmm. show up you know so yeah. i think we don't think about like how men are showing their art and what they're and what they're wearing. So like why right. are we thinking about it? And I think it's I, I just wish the conversation like like I get that it's there, it's always gonna be there. Uh-huh. But I wish it just was something that people could, you know, separate from the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I always like to ask women because it's yeah. like I only know so much. I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to hear what other Is this women... a thing for like musicians as well? You you yeah, say it, it's a thing in all backgrounds, all media. Mm-hmm. I have noticed a lot of women, musicians, art, music. It it starts to feel kind of obvious what's going on. You could see they might even you might even notice like they're one way one day, and then all of a sudden they just they start to show a lot more skin, and you start to see their numbers go up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, huh. I, I at the end of the day, I don't have a problem with it. I just hope. It doesn't turn into something like worse. Like it does more yeah. harm than good or something. Right. For everybody. Like I just I don't really care. It's at the end of the day, I don't have time to care. It's not my body or my problem or my life. That's right. them. So it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, you just wonder what their DMs look like. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm like, I don't even want to know what those DMs look like. I mean, I get like. like crazy, I get crazy DMs. I can show you some of them off mic, but I get, I've gotten crazy DMs and I'm like, yeah, and I'm wearing like a sweater, you know, like I, and you know, I don't, I don't know, it, but I don't think any of that's my responsibility or any right. of the woman's responsibility. So as long as it's coming from a place of like, that's how she wants to present herself. That's where how she feels confident or good, and that's representation of herself. Then I'm fine with it, and I don't think the creepy DMs are any woman's fault. Yeah, responsibility, no. obviously. Yeah. And I'm not saying you do think that either, but I think it's you can you. There are filters you can put on your DMs so you just don't even see it, you know. And if you yeah. do get more eyes on your work, I will say it is it is something that unfortunately like when people see a certain number next to your name 
it like on Instagram or social media, people can take you a little more seriously too. Mm-hmm. So if that's something that they're trying to do, I don't know. It's it is a tricky thing. It's so tricky. It's so tricky. And it's so new. Yeah. That's why we don't even have answers. Yeah. Or like yeah. I don't know. It's like I can't even get a good answer. I can't even find a way to properly formulate it without it sounding bad. Sometimes yeah. it comes out wrong. I'm not trying to tell yeah. anybody what to do or t- control it. I ch- I think I just get concerned about like humanity in the future. Like, what is it if everyone's just posting stuff just to get attention with like themselves yeah. and like very little clothes? Like, what if this just becomes a thing and it's and it's is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it better for humanity? Is it better for women? Is it hurting them and the cause? Like, I don't a feminism. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I tend to ask women because they they would give me a better answer than I could come up with, obviously, but I'm just curious. I have no idea. I, I just it, see yeah. it, so I have to talk about it. I see it. I can't undo what I've been seeing the last yeah. decade. But I think it just all comes back to, like, an intention mm-hmm. and, like, you know, this is the, – the problem is, is, like, social media is, like, it is still a visual platform for yeah. largely. It's becoming, becoming more, like, music – based i would say now which is oh, yeah. exciting for musicians yeah. um but i it's still very much like a visual medium and so something i even realized is that like it ha- what's eye catching is what gets people's attention and you know whether it's like the art you're making is eye catching whether it's like vibrant or different or whatever that is usually the stuff that sticks. And sometimes people use other things that are eye-catching, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's all about, like, wh- whose eye do you want to catch? And mm-hmm. I think that that's sort of what you have to remind yourself, or that's what I remind myself. It's like, okay, I I want people to look at the art. And if they look at me instead, that's their problem. <laughs> so that's how that's how I feel about okay. it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Man, it's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's definitely murky water. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong answer. There's – yeah. People's thoughts and opinions. At the end of the day, I want people to do what they love. I'm glad that these things exist, that yeah. we can expose more and see more cool art out there. I think this is the best time to be a visual artist, or mm-hmm. honestly, any kind of artist. I think yeah. we are really – people talk about how hard it is all the time, but I like to be the counter-narrative of, like, yes, it is hard, but, I mean – this wouldn't even be remotely possible for me to be doing like yeah. 20 years ago. Couldn't agree more. It's hard, but guess what? It's always been hard. Yeah. Now it's really hard, but you have a possibility. All these tools. You have a possibility. You have a tool. You can get yourself out there. Before it was just hard and you're screwed. Yeah. Especially as a woman doing visual art 50, 60, 100 years ago. It's like. Absolutely not. What are you doing? Like, Absolutely if, not. If you even could, if you can even get yourself out there. Yeah. And be taken Let alone being all. a woman who's doing like something like cityscapes it's like all you used to be able to do was like painting domestic things yeah, you know like some flowers or mary something. cassatt was like yeah i would do mostly like still lives or like women or children like you weren't even allowed to paint like men really back then because that was like not that was not polite <laughs> so yeah. or like and god forbid like nudes like oh my god so like <laughs> you know that there's just a whole i don't know i just think more people should talk about how amazing and the opportunities are than it is like, oh my God, it's so, so, so hard. Because, yeah, like you said, any job is hard. I could have been doing pre-med. <laughs> I could still be in you school. You would still be in school, I would you? still be in school would you right starting, now. You'd be starting your fellowship or your residency. Probably, yeah. You'd be starting a residency. residency. Probably hating my life. So, um, That's so I'm really funny. happy I'm not hating my life. I'm happy I'm here instead. Working <laughs> like a residency, working 20 hours a day for like the yeah. next three years. I would so much rather be doing this and working 
hard at it yeah. than doing that. <laughs> yeah. So just wherever you put your time and energy. Is so. your studio just covered in canvases and paint? Yeah. My landlord's not going to be happy when I move out. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Why? Because <laughs> there's paint on the walls. You, you just paint it? I'll paint over it. Paint yeah, it white? Yeah. yeah, paint it white will be fine. But It's so um, funny. I, I do try to, like, cover things, but sometimes, you know, it doesn't work. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much a mess. I try to keep it as a small space, so you kind of have to, like, utilize it as well as you can. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Do you mostly do oil paintings? Acrylic. 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 Have you? Have you, I'm assuming you've done oils. I've done oil. Yeah, the one that one's that oil. one's oil. Yeah, I love that. Painting. I did. I did oil, <laughs> but it started to like really, um, like give me headaches because of the fumes. fumes and I didn't have like a really great ventilation yeah you kind of need a whole system for that, area huh? and I was like long term I think it's probably better if I don't do oil and I like acrylic because it dries a lot faster mm. and I and I'm not patient um so oil is something that you have to have a lot of patience why with. is oil like it's like the epitome of like fine art painting like oh, I do oil um why is that I think I I don't know. I think that's changing. Right. Um, it used to be like that. I think because I think mainly because it was the quality was better. They've really, really improved. Like acrylic is a newer medium. Like yeah. the acrylic didn't exist like, you know, a hundred years ago. Like yeah. acrylic is like the last 50, 60 years, I'd say. And the quality of acrylic has improved like tremendously. So to be a fine artist, like you pretty much had to use oil because that was just like what was best in terms of like the pigment. And it was what was taught. And now I think acrylic is taught just as much as mm-hmm. as oil. And so it really just depends on, like, what you're trying to do. And okay. Yeah. Which one out of all the different types of paintings can allow you to have the most control or the most attention in detail? It really just depends on how depends. you're using it. Okay. I mean, I think oil is – you know, I haven't used oil in a while, so I'm, like, forgetting, like, what what the benefits are. Because I just really got to a place with it where I, I I got annoyed that it didn't dry fast enough for me. Although you can use different mediums to, like, make it dry faster. But there's a lot more um, – I don't know. I think some people argue you can get a little more, like, depth and stuff with oil. But I, I kind of disagree. I really think mm. you can accomplish a ton with acrylic okay. now. I, acrylic just dries a lot faster. What, like, how fast? Like – you know, you can use a hair dryer; it'll dry in like two seconds. You know, which oh. I use sometimes to make things. What if you just let faster. it air dry in a seventy degree room? Probably like thirty seconds. Like you that know, fast. yeah, it's and oil not. Is how long? Um, like weeks, months. <laughs> Are you serious? Months. Yeah, to full an oil painting. That that oil painting's probably still not fully dry. <laughs> what do you mean not dry? It's been like chemically for years. Chemically. It can t- maybe it probably is now, but like it can take an oil painting up to like five years to fully dry. I think you Full- made that five years. Yeah, ago. like chemically fully dry. Oh my god. Yeah, and so that's why you're not you're not supposed to even varnish. Technically, you're not supposed to varnish an oil painting until like like years after you've painted it. How do you varnish it? it? Um, it's I just remember like, you talking about it's that. It's just a like it's like a what is var- varnish is a thing that you put on like a, the, clear coat? a clear coat basically that kind of makes. It all the same like sheen, if you will, and also oh. it's supposed to protect the painting. Okay. But if you put it on too soon, it can crack. But you don't really have that prop. Like acrylic is very like flexible. Okay. And not, there's just a lot less fuss with it. So I will say that that painting of the dog bow is so realistic, and it's like 
It gets more realistic as you go up to his nose. But time yeah. you get to his nose, it looks like it's his nose is wet, like how yeah, it normally yeah. would be. I'm like, it's unbelievable <laughs> how you got you. that. To, Thank uh, you. How do, do you just, I'm always fascinated with painters. I've never really painted. I've done so many art forms. Mm-hmm. And painting is like the one, I mean, I've painted houses. I could paint a house like nobody's business. But mm-hmm. fine art painting, doing that type of work, is it just like you're seeing it in your head and you're just it, – it, it's translating down your your fingers and you're just kind of moving it according to what you feel and see? But I think it really depends on the artist because for me, I really need like a road map. And some people want to like have a blank canvas and just – I mean if they're abstract artists, yeah. artists they're going to just, you know. like It's like experimental jazz. Yeah, They exactly. just want to – give me an instrument I'll just go. Right. They want to just go or they want to just like – be more it's a little more like um i don't know just expressive in that way i would say what i'm doing is definitely like a longer more thought out Mm -hmm. thing like like i said a a painting will be usually like stewing in my brain for a long time and so the image is usually there the idea in some capacity like in my brain some people don't know until they start i think i usually have it in my head from Mm -hmm. the beginning usually not fully fleshed out it's it's almost never exactly what i want it to be you know that's always the maddening part of being an artist it's like you have an idea in your head and it very rarely is like translated exactly onto the canvas and that's what keeps you coming back um (laughs) but so i think there's usually like an idea and inspiration for me and then i'll like you know create those like you know source images and stuff and um it's very much like a color thing for me, like I was saying before. So I just think it depends. Everyone's different yeah. in what gets them there. For me, it's just like, oh, I really want to, like, communicate this sort of feeling about a space. Like, mm-hmm. right now, it's very much like the space. And you'll notice, like, this summer I did a lot of – um I did a lot of, like, ice cream shops for some reason this yeah. summer. And I was, like, like – commissioned to or you were just no, doing it? No, I just it. was doing them. Like, I did a lot. I did um, the Freeze, which is in Lo- Logan Square. And then I did, like, Margie's Candies, which is also in Logan Square. And I just really liked how – like, it just, like, is a quintessential, like, summer, you know. And I was, like, oh, I just feel like this capture was, like, the summer feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just really wanted to, like, communicate that. And, like, I found the way to communicate that through, like, this scene, you know. So it's, like, oh, I really want to capture that feeling of summer. Oh, this totally captures that for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. It's kind of like music. I mean, I, I think music in a similar way, it's, like, you know, you can use the lyrics to express the feeling or thing or you can use the instruments you know mm-hmm. or like a combination of it all or the production or of the it. production of it it's like yeah. just pick your tool pick your entry point yeah so yeah that's true yeah i i should have known the answer i don't know <laughs> i just i i've been wanting to get into so i guess i'll start with acrylic then just figure out your entry point like what interests you about painting is it the shapes is it the color is it the i think it'd be abstract because I, yeah. I play music abstractly like i like when I play guitar, I was just talking about this. Um, I like to do a lot of improvisational work, mm-hmm. and I don't like to like write out guitar parts or do guitar solos. I like to just make it up as I go along within the key mm-hmm. of the actual song and within time. So that's why I like playing with the band because the drummer, bass, rhythm, guitar give me that foundation where I can just dance around it and do whatever mm-hmm. I want. So I feel like painting, I want to just do like probably abstract stuff. Yeah, just you- do just do whatever comes to my 
feelings in right. mind, you know. And maybe like have something I always recommend with like an abstract painting is like you kind of need something to anchor you or else it's like you're like an untethered <laughs> like, you know, ship at sea. Like you're just you're not knowing and you so sometimes you need to have like a little bit of an idea or structure or color okay. to ground you in that. Like, okay, it's otherwise it can be like chaos yeah because <laughs> I just I'm actually just recently did an abstract just to like make make sure I could still do it um it's so and, funny dude I, I gotta make sure I can do an abstract which is yeah. like sounds counterintuitive it's like it's it an does. abstract you but can it's, always it's do it's really ad- hard I know it's not quite it is not easy everyone thinks abstract is easy I think abstract is actually like harder than to make it feel right to you yeah, and make to it any feel viewer right. yeah that's really hard and there's yeah. no like there's isn't like oh yeah that looks realistic like that looks like the place it's like is that the place yeah. is that the thing I don't it's know it's true an abstract would be harder when uh, is now it you done? say it I I just like improvisational music's way harder it's like so much harder than playing a four chord progression with lyrics you wrote out with a t- four four time if you're just yeah. making up stuff in the moment yeah that takes a whole nother skill set to do and have it still like make sound sense. good and make sense make sense and feel like it's bringing you places and invoking emotion it's not easy no yeah so i think abstracts i sometimes like i'm like oh i just need to make sure i can still do that it's <laughs> like i feel like honestly everyone always talks about like oh like he's an abstract artist but he can still do realistic painting i'm like i don't give a shit like I, <laughs> the fact that he can do abstract like well is like or she is like way more impressive to me sometimes than I think somebody who does, mm-hmm. you know, super representational, like realistic work, it's like there's a there is a roadmap to that, you know, mm-hmm. and not that everyone can do it, absolutely not, but it's like a little more prescriptive versus like abstract. Yeah, there's there's also still like kind of a model like composition we know that'll look good and what won't, but it's still there's a there's a lot more risk there of like an unknown. I think yeah. and like what the result's gonna be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. It's all it's all interesting and good. There's no right or wrong to it, which is it's just what are you trying to express? So that the right or wrong thing is what's hard to convey to people who aren't within the art world when they're like like they they like when you get the like belittling art art person who's just Mm -hmm. like, Well, you're an artist, like what do you you just sit around and like do this? It's like it's so hard to explain to someone. Yeah. Especially when you've been doing it for years and you kind of learn how to hone in. And it almost becomes hard to explain, like, how you actually do your thing because it's just such a part of who you are. Like, I don't know. It's like right. you almost feel like you're just being yourself. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's something that I I think I really struggled with at SAIC was, like, it just in general, like, trying to talk about, like, why I painted something. It's like, I don't know. This is just yeah. spelt right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, this is <laughs> – why do you paint that way? I don't know. Why do I sign my name the way I sign my name? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of like – and painting is very much like it literally is kind of like a signature. Like, no one's going to paint something the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And so I think the more you can lean into being like, yeah, this is just my signature. This is my style. This is what comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. I think the – easier it gets to be a painter but i also think like you can really get to cool places if you just like instead of trying to have your art look like something else like figuring out what feels the most natural to you yeah yeah just like with with music i'm sure it's like absolutely what feels most natural feels natural and just because it's not something that follows a formula like with painting i always heard when you'd show someone who doesn't know a lot about art a painting they're like god it doesn't look that like realistic or that good like the idea of a good painting reminds me of something they learned in the, the renaissance it has to be like a perfect representation of what it really is yeah and to me that's like 
you know, a two and a half minute pop song in the music world. It's like, it's, I'm not saying it's bad. It's fine. Like, people mm-hmm. also respect people who just make really good representations of what exists. Mm-hmm. And I like pop music. I mm-hmm. like that world. I like rock and roll. I like the Beatles, things that are made to where they're still done well, but it's more formulaic and straightforward. Yeah, it fits into like a conventional. Yeah, world. it makes yeah. sense. And it and that stuff's cool, but like it's a spectrum. You can also make very abstract things. Yeah. And it could be mixed media. It could be other parts connected to another thing. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be a really wonderful part of the, the spectrum of human creativity. I think at the moment my work definitely falls into a bit more of like you know, conventional or yeah. um, accessible. I, I like to use the word accessible Accessible's because I do nice, think, because yeah. I, I do think there's still, if you want to take my work to a deeper level, like I, I think you can, but I think a lot of people can also just look at it and be like, oh, wow, like that's really awesome. And it makes them feel some sort, sort of way, but they're maybe not <laughs> sure why, you yeah. know? And I think that I like that kind of art. Like I yeah. like the art that like makes you think, I like that. I don't know why, but I like that. Like mm-hmm. that's, interesting to me because I think it gets people it kind of like tricks people into thinking a little bit outside of their box it's like yeah. it's close to what they think it's supposed to be but it's not quite it's so not it's quite. it's not quite so they kind of have to like take it a step deeper of like oh that is kind of a, st- a style mm-hmm. or that is something a little different it's not hyper realistic but it is representational so I think that's what's drawn me to the representational space is I think that there's sort of this interesting bridge you can create of like the non-art person mm-hmm. entering into the space a little bit yours does dance with that yeah. it's not like exactly the shapes mm-hmm. and sizes it it blurs into it that what we were talking about earlier that feeling yeah. it feels like you're feeling what you're seeing instead of right. experiencing exactly what you would see in a photograph you know right do you, do you ever feel when you're working on art or, or you're done with it, like, are you under the belief that it's never finished but abandoned? You have to just kind of – or do you feel it complete when you um, finish your, your – I think if I – it's so funny because uh, I have this one – I have a couple paintings of mine that are – like, I hang in my apartment mainly because they haven't sold. But <laughs> <laughs> but also and I, at this point, I've become very attached to them and I – and I it's so funny because – there's this thing that happens where either a painting will hang on the wall and you'll look at it and you'll look at it and you'll look at it and you'll be like, oh my God, that's driving me insane. I have to fix that. Or you just kind of you be, you get to a place of like you're at peace with it. And so I actually highly recommend and I, I do try to do this from time to time when I finish a painting, just like hang it in my space. And if I can live with it in my space and it doesn't drive me insane, like there's something about it that's just bugging me, then I'm like – Oh, it's done. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that I, I do think a painting can be done. Like yeah. I, I'm not somebody who's gonna like sneak in and like try to fix something about the painting. Like unless it's driving me insane. <laughs> yeah. But that that's why I always like to do the like hang it in the space test. Okay. For a while. Yeah. That that's funny. I never thought about it. So you yeah. hang it in like your public space in your yeah, house, like in my living room or just for how long. It just however long I can, you know. Sometimes like it is, I'm lucky and things do sell. But the worst thing that ever happens is sometimes I'm like I, the painting sells, and then I'm like, there's this thing about it that's driving mm-hmm. me nuts. But I already sold it, and I'm not gonna change this because the person bought it like this. Yeah, and that's so. so I'm, I'm <laughs> I've been trying to get like 
be a little more patient and like hold on to paintings longer. So ideally it would be a couple of months, but I think like a couple of weeks or a week or two is like enough for me to be that's like like your fact check you leave it up there and you if you can get through it for a couple weeks yeah you know like okay it's good it's good yeah that's interesting like what people do with music is they'll you know because when a song's done it doesn't come out right away no yeah so people will sit on it for a bit and listen to it later on listen to it different speakers Mm -hmm. like currently i'm working on finishing uh, a record that i am a part of the band and so i'm like being very sensitive with it so i listen to it in my car I'll take a break, two days, then listen to it on earbuds, walking through the park, mm-hmm. and I hop around, and that, that's that version of, like, putting yeah. it in the living room, yeah. just letting it be there and stew. If I can get through it on a phone, laptop, earbuds, car, sound system, living room, mm-hmm. and the people in the band are, are also doing that, that's, like, the homework I give them, like, listen to it in places, Different let me spaces, know what you think. Yeah. If it passes all that, then, like, it's good. And there's still, like, some things, you know, like, oh, I wish we did this way or that way, but... It's always it will there will yeah, always you can be some little forever. things. Eventually, yeah. it's like it is what it is. It's what we did, and it's done. And there's nothing, like that's just what you do. Yeah, and it's not a negative thing. It's just nothing's ever going to be exactly what you want. Oh no, you know? that's like what keeps you coming back. If it was yeah. exactly perfect, exactly what you wanted, it'd be a really boring art medium. Yeah. Like, why would if you could create the perfect painting like? Who would keep painting? You yeah, know, you, I mean, some argue like the Mona Lisa's perfect painting, but I guarantee. Why was that? Why do people say it's perfect I painting? Don't know. Why do people like that type of stuff so much? Just because it's old? I don't know. I mean, I think that if you ask somebody who's like really studied it, they would say there's some like technical things about it that are just like really amazing and like kind of baffling. But I don't know. I think it's it's all up the eye of the beholder. It is. You know, so it is. It is. I, I think it just <laughs> the eyes you just made. You're yeah, like. like <laughs> I don't know. Big eye roll. Yeah, big eye rolls. <laughs> yeah, I'm over the like something's old, so it's good thing. It's like mm, things have changed. We've 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 changed. Technology's changed. People have grown. I think it holds a place like in terms of like significance. Absolutely. Like in, in culture and stuff. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, in terms of people being like obsessed with it, and, like like w- you know waiting in line to see it. I'm like, or oh, worth like yeah. what? What is that even worth? Mona Lisa. Does it have a price tag? Billion. I have no idea. A like billion dollars. Uh, probably. It's like priceless. Yeah. I have priceless. a qualm with the fine art world, which sucks because I'm never going to escape it. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be around me. But part of me is just like, is this just a money laundering scheme? It is. <laughs> you heard it here first. It is. <laughs> like, I know they're absolutely like. Th- it, it is the next thing that rich people invest in when they can no longer invest in the stock, stock market because they already have enough estate. money. Or real estate. They're like invest in art has an insane if – you, if you pick a really – if you pick an artist well, if you pick art well, the returns are insane. Yeah. Like they really are. I mean if you p- find an artist early on in their career, what other thing that can you buy for like $1,000 that can become worth like a million dollars? Like bow hanging in my, my living like, room. Bo- yeah, exactly. That could become <laughs> worth a million dollars in like, you know. When you become famous. When you become like, famous. Song the bow. Right, it's on the boat. Yeah, exactly. It's like what other? Yeah, that's it's it's a huge gamble, right? Yeah. But I think if that's what people get really obsessed with, like buying art and like up and coming artists, because they're like, oh my god. But like, who decides? It reminds dumb. me so much of the music industry <laughs> and the acting industry, because it's like who decides and mm-hmm. why? Like, yeah, there are some artists. Their art could be featured in a really nice museum, and they could. Literally make hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars per painting. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between that person and a person who makes amazing art, is liked, 
but they're only making a thousand dollars a painting. Like seriously, it's, it's connections. Connections, right? It, who you know? Yeah, who you know? Right place, right time. Mm-hmm. The way you maybe Presented your age, it. maybe yeah. the way you look. Yep. Maybe the way yeah, what education? Like these things. It's like why the you though? Yeah. And that's how I feel a lot about the music industry. I'm like, yeah. I know a spectrum of musicians from people who have made it and they live off playing music to people who are just starting out. People do well in the cover scene area. People who do well in just doing solo shows and they get by and they've been living off doing solo. People who do, they do production, they put on events, but they also play music and tour. Like the whole thing. Yeah. And when, what I've noticed is none of it makes sense on, no. fame, on fame. No. Like the people I know who have made it or do really well, their technical skill set relative to the classically trained musicians I know is nothing. They can't hold a candle to them. Yeah. These people have been playing music since they were three. They could play violin, cello, upright bass. They play around the world in orchestras, but they don't really make any money. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who make, like, pop songs, mm-hmm. and they're living off playing music. I'm like, I don't see any yeah. rhyme or reason as to why one person is famous over the next. Yeah. Besides... You you have a skill set and you've been pr- putting in some effort, but it's really just the, lo- the I, luck I of think the draw. It's, I also think it is the ability to communicate, like a very clear, um, like why does anybody sign on to like I don't know, for example, like why is Taylor Swift successful? She's created a lot of intrigue around her work. She's created a like a fan base of people where there's like we kind of know what we're going to get from her or whatever, mm. but, like, we still keep coming back for more. So there's, like, a predictability, but there's a bit of a mystery there, too. And I think that, to me, that's what I feel like if I've noticed some people who are successful, it's not necessarily who's the most talented, but it's, it's the people who you know what you're going to get from them. Yeah, you can, pre- you can, like, predict that. They're, like, consistently giving you the thing that you want, but there's a bit of, like, a twist to it. And sure. so you come back wanting more. And I think that... to that is what I feel like the, at least the pop the popular artists like obviously there's people who are you know there's a little more nuance too or maybe more like underground but the people who are like big sensations or in music or in art I feel like there's sort of this like we know what the style is like we know what a Jeff Koons looks like like mm-hmm. we know what a Van Gogh looks like we, we know what that is and so there's a pre- but it's still like we still would love to see another Van Gogh painting. Like I wish he was still alive to paint another painting. You know, it's like yeah. there's sort of that I think, and I, I think it's the people who can create. And I'm not saying it's also obviously I, there are people who can be lesser known who have that, but I think that they're just not putting themselves out. Maybe there. Maybe they're not putting themselves out there. So I think it's a combination of the two. You kind of have to have that element, yeah. but then also it's like just getting your name out there, mm-hmm. having it full circle, seen. social yeah. media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Yep. Cause now it's like, there is a large amount of people putting themselves out there, but that's where it starts to get weird when there are people putting themselves out there. They're doing the work, making mm-hmm. the connections and it's still not, and they're talented and they make great music and it's still not like taking off. And it's, yeah. cause then in the music industry, it's not just Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok. TikTok. Now it's Spotify, YouTube. How are your streams? How are mm-hmm. your plays? iTunes, Pandora, Amazon. Oh, it's getting exhausting. Yeah, yeah. It's never ending. It's never ending. <laughs> have you had any artists that have really like kind of blown up like while you've been Beach Bunny? I oh, do you know? Uh, do you know Anthony Vaccaro? The the drummer. Um, he's a bass player. Bass player. I don't know. I don't think I know him. I went no. to high school with him. Oh, really? Yeah, he's one of my, like, he, he's my best, one of my best friends, sorry, best friends, like, 
good friends. Okay. So like they're they're really close, but like we hang out in the same circles and stuff. So yeah. anyway, I just it's funny. I wouldn't be surprised if he's been he, been here. I'm sure he was. Uh, they he were recorded. at the when they played. Yeah. 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 Isn't that funny though? Like. My students too. They mm-hmm. whenever I have like the first day of school, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, so who have you worked with that's pop?" And I always just go, "Beach funny." You ever heard of that? And they're all like, "Oh my god, Beach!" Like, they freak out. That's Last... no. People are like obsessed with them now. Oh it's yeah, so, they're huge. It's insane. They're I huge. I can't believe it. I mean, I'm not surprised Anthony's like so talented. I mean, she is obviously like the singer too. But, yeah, like they're all amazing. But I'm yeah. I can't believe it either. Like they're mm-hmm. like. Famous, yeah. They were on. They were on. Um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. They were on. I think I don't know if they were on Late Night with Colbert. Mm-hmm. They were on Jimmy Kimmel and I think Fallon. Fallon. Late Night with Fallon and wow. the Rolling Stones. They've done Pitchfork, Riot wow. Fest, Lollapalooza, Audio Tree. Yeah. But you know, before all I that, they played the Z Fest. They're the Diva. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is just so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> I've heard of. I think I've heard of Panda Riot. Too. Panda Riot's a Chicago band. Yeah. A lot of these bands. A lot of them are still playing. Yeah. Some have done the Peekaboos. I pretty feel like well. I've heard of them. Some of Peekaboos turned into Lollygagger. Lolly. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. A lot of these bands. Some aren't bands anymore. I mean, with what I've seen, and this is just. You know, because you came to one of the intimate evenings I did in the basement. Yes, yeah. So I used to do those every month. So between those monthly shows, I used to also have comedy shows. The 10 of these festivals, the mm-hmm. Winter Fest at my high school, I've had other Winter Fest. And then, because I put one out at my old high school every year. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast, and then the live sessions, and the albums and EPs. I mean, it's tens of thousands of bands yeah. alone. Like, people within bands. So three to five people per band. Tens of thousands of musicians and people just from that, not including attendees, patrons, other wow. artists, food vendors. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's weird. Like, I feel weird on the internet. Like, like I'm more known in person. Yeah. And on the streets and, like, through. You're such a facilitator of, like, all these people. Yeah. Yeah, you've, like, you know. On the internet, I'm like, I'm like, this, uh, Instagram makes no sense to me as far as, like, how it, it's not bigger when it's just bigger in reality. It's a strange right. one. It's a very strange I think it's one. better that way. It, it's certainly nice. Like, I, I didn't say it, but, like, earlier when I asked you, like, oh, do you get recognized? It's, like, oh, it's all that ever happens to me. Yeah. Like, I don't get recognized in the internet. I get recognized in reality. And if I go right. to a coffee shop or go to if, – if I go to any music venue, people start talking people to People start me. talking to you. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Which is great because it's, like, I don't I don't mind that at all. It's nice. I'm also a hermit, so nobody sees me. So there's that. <laughs> like, I don't go – if you'll just see me on the internet, but no one sees me out, I, like, don't go anywhere. So this is a big night out. Is, there, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> like kind of, but I like yeah. Left in months. <laughs> I've left in months. Yeah. So why why is that? You think? I don't know. I'm just like a very much a homebody. Like I I mean I I go see my friends and stuff, but like I'm really bad about going to like sh- art shows and stuff lately. Like yeah. I I kind of have to get like pulled out. I don't know. I think there's a little bit of like I think I still have a bit of imposter syndrome. I'm, I'm a little yeah. afraid to go. I'm like oh I don't know. Like I don't. I think there's a bit of that. I also think there's. Um, just COVID happened and I got like kind of used to like yeah. being at home and got comfortable in my ways. And I don't know. I'm not mad about it. I kind of feel like I like being well rested and yeah. <laughs> painting. So. It'd be, I would, we should go to an art space, an art gallery. Yeah. We should yeah. go to one. If you know of anybody <clears throat> between who you know and then who I know and mm-hmm. my, my partner had goes to a lot of those she's in that world. So mm-hmm. we should, it'd be fun to go to one. Absolutely. I, yeah. I haven't been to one in a bit. I'm going Friday, but. I got burnt out, too, between Columbia and the Art Institute and then doing all the art stuff myself. Like, I, I put on those things. I would have art artists sell artwork. And yeah. 
communicating with them. So I kind of got burnt out on it too. But yeah. now I'm like kind of got everything figured out and it'd be nice to They're start They're also going starting again. to happen happen again. They weren't they happening they for were. a long time. So it's interesting. I think there's like a whole – there's a whole like art scene that's kind of emerging that's kind of exciting I think specifically in painting – right now in Chicago that's kind of I feel like a bit of a result of the pandemic like mm. some of them were like established artists like before the pandemic but others are like kind of like people like me who yeah. like were like oh I guess you know I'm gonna be at home and paint all the time and here's what the result is mm-hmm. so I do think there's kind of like an up-and-coming group of people like that so yeah yeah I like it mm-hmm. you so you're feeling good about it I am yeah, yeah no I feel very I'm feeling a lot more secure in myself as an artist than I did a year ago. And I think that that's just something that comes with, like, time and, ex- and experience mm-hmm. in my old age, you know? <laughs> 26. My ripe old age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but So young. I, yeah, exactly. So, like, I think there's – it's insane what a year can do. Yeah. I think – which is amazing. And – I'm just sort of like I'm along for the ride, you know. That's kind of how I feel at this point. So. That's amazing, though. Yeah, no, I'm really happy for you. Thank you. I Thank mean, you. It was, to see you, you know, at you know, 20 years old, 19 years old, mm-hmm. talking to you about this stuff and art and being very confused, being very confused. <laughs> and I, I do understand that, and it's really cool that you, you took the leap. Mm-hmm. You are your own boss. You have success. Who cares about algorithms? You figured it out. Whatever happened, whatever worked. happened, you happened. deserve it. You're Thank you're you. you're a good artist too. Very Thank talented. You. Like I, that you. bow painting. I'm every time I'm like, man, how did you make that nose? It's so you're gonna have to post <laughs> the bow painting whenever you post this. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. I will. Um, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you. This coming. was so fun. Was I was fun like, I've up. never been a guest on a podcast. I have had my own really? podcast, but I've never been a guest. So this is fun. <laughs> well, when you have yours, I can be a guest. Thank you. Yes, And that yes. way, you know what it's like exactly. to be on both sides. And have you been guests on podcasts yet? Not many. I mean, I think I've been on three. I've been okay. on three other ones. So not not too many. But I. So before this one, this is the 56th episode of this before that, I did a podcast called Mandate Movies about film and movies because I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. I think we did I think we did almost two years of that, so I think like 80 or 90 episodes. And then before that, I did Friends with Music podcast with my cousin Matt. We did that for seven or eight years. So like, oh I think gosh. we did like 450 episodes. Oh, I didn't realize that you've been like this much into podcasts for oh, so long. I've been long. doing it for 10 years. So wow. I, I think I'm at like 600 episodes I've done. Wow. 10 years and I've did the production for all of them. So now it's just a walk in the park. And that's why I'm able to like do the recording, video, writing, talking, pre and post production all myself because it's like I got the experience. Yeah, it's just like – It's not Yeah, doing your sleep. Yeah. I really could. (laughs) You really could. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, if you need help with setting up higher quality, I can help and that would be fun to talk on on your version where you can – dig into my mind exactly yes (laughs) (laughs) very cool yeah well thank you again it's been awesome watching your journey as well i mean it's really amazing i i feel like i'm not gonna lie when i first like met you and you're like oh yeah come to like i have a festival in my backyard and i was like who is this person like i was like (laughs) i like you're my ta and i was like inviting you invited me to like come to like i think one of the intimate evenings and i was like what is what is this? Like, you know, I was just, I was so confused. I was like, okay. And I was like, wow, this is like a whole thing yeah. you created. It's like unbelievable. Like Thank the people you. you've influenced and cre- and like 
the space you've created for music and art around you. So thank yeah. you very much. Happy to it, be here. I appreciate it. It's <laughs> definitely hard to explain to people, especially, yeah. you know, students, but I'd always invite people who I would talk to and realize like, oh, this person's different and they need, I think they need to get exposed to other stuff and I think they would enjoy it. Yeah. And that's usually who I would invite, but it was definitely, I could tell like they're probably freaked out or weirded out, but what am I supposed to do? You, well, you, you just know? have, like, you're just like the <laughs> ultimate like facilitator. Yeah. I wasn't freaked out. I was more just like, what is, what is he doing? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, you know, and I, it's just like, it just is, it's crazy. Like the world like you've, of creativity you've like created around you. So Thank kudos. You. Thank kudos. you very much. I'm just alone by myself in my studio <laughs> and you're like pulling people in, which is really cool. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's both keep doing what we let's do. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Julia. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> cool.